If you're hearing this 200th episode of Dissecting the 80s on an Android device, head on over to the Google Play Store and check out the Podcast Republic app. It's got thousands of great reviews to tell you how wonderful it is. Seriously, it's like more, almost a five-star average. is more than four and a half. Uh, thousands of people telling you how wonderful it is. You favorite your favorite shows like Dissecting the 80s. They show up in your feed whenever they're posted. You don't have to remember what day of the week the podcast comes out. It makes your life easier, makes everything better. Check out the Podcast Republic app on the Google Play Store. Support for Dissecting the 80s is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped, Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched the fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code MACHO, M-A-C-H-O, at manscaped.com. The Lawnmower 4.0 allows you to customize your trim with guard lengths between sizes 1 and 4, and it has wireless charging. The wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which helps the battery last even longer. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code MACHO at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use our code M-A-C-H-O. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers. And with me, as always, is my tag team partner, a man who knows that if you are going to make a movie about a 12-year-old boy who gets turned into a 30-year-old man, it's of utmost importance that you make explicitly sure not to have that character have any kind of sex in your movie. The Macho Man, Drew. Andrew Lano. You also don't need to focus on how sad his family is that he's gone. But we'll get into <laughs> yeah. it. We'll get into it. <laughs> uh, I have I thoughts. I, I have... I, I, we're always fixing movies on this podcast. I have perhaps the smallest, tiniest tweak that really? completely fixes this movie. Like, huh. I'm talking about a 2.5% change and all of the problems with... Uh, almost all the problems with the movie go away. Fascinating. So, I was going to say, this might be our most, like famous well-regarded movie that we have problems with yeah I, and i will say up front like i still kind of like this movie despite the fact that i think it is actually a horror movie yeah i agree it, it's got a lot of great stuff to it um but pause that for one moment it is our 200th episode of this show which is so totally crazy we're gonna do a little bit of like housekeeping and announcement stuff here before we get into the movie so if you're like i don't care about this and i just want to skip ahead look in the show notes and i will put the timestamp or an approximate timestamp of when the discussion about big starts i think this might go on for a couple minutes i don't know how long but um i first both of us i just need to thank everyone listening to this from the bottom of our hearts yes 200 episodes is bonkers that's weird to think about and and only happened because people have like listened to this show and told their friends about it and 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 supported us financially on Patreon, which is incredible. B- bigger thank you to those folks, like even extra thank you, I should say, not bigger. We thank all of you. We're, we're grateful to anyone that listens. But those of you who kicked in a few bucks uh, at various stages to help us out is incredible. It's mm-hmm. so nice to have that, and we're so appreciative of it. That's a uh, quick plug: Patreon.com/slash/dissecting the eighties. I think we're at about. 
17 or 18 hours of bonus content at this point if you sign up at the $5 level. And there's uh, a bonus episode coming in December plus our Christmas bonus coming in December. Have we decided what that is going to be? Yes, but not on air. So I will tell you and then beep it out. I think we're going to do... Okay. I could I th- for some reason I thought we had some random thing that we were like that would be a great uh Christmas Terry, but it was like a joke and I can't remember what the joke no, was. I, now. I, I think I think we'll do a thing that's a little more serious than than the joke thing. Maybe another time we'll do a joke thing. I don't know. But anyway, that's uh it's a good way to check out you get extra content for the show and you support us and help make more dissecting the 80s happen. Uh but we do have a big announcement, and that is we are after doing this for seven going into our eighth year uh we feel that we have a little bit more reach in our arms uh for, you know it took took us a long we've retooled the delorean yes. uh so we're we're just expanding very slightly the uh acceptable episode year or, uh, movie years for the show and i want to make this super clear before you get upset because i know i know someone is going to be upset with this and i respect that i appreciate your listen just because we're going to expand the years does not mean we're going to focus exclusively on them. I have sketched out our show through 2023, like not a final schedule by any means, but sometimes when I get a little downtime, I go looking for anniversaries and big movies that came out in, you know, either on the tens or the fives. And through 2023, again, just sketched out, not final, I have. I think two or three of these years, but we are extending the show from 1978 through 1992. So we're getting a little bit wider. And then the other caveat is sequels. So if we do, uh, you know, we did Jaws 3 and 4, this allows us to do Jaws 2. And maybe we want to walk backwards and do Jaws 1 for a movie we love episode sometime in February. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, maybe this opens the doors. So that opens up like... Wes Craven's new nightmare. Yes, exactly. A movie that we've talked at length that we'd said we'd love to do an episode on that someday. And like, boy, don't we wish. So we've, we've always had a little bit of fun with our leap year episodes and that we're just incorporating a little bit more fun into the show. So it will still primarily be a show about movies that came out between 1980 and 1989. Like the overwhelming majority of the movies will come from then. But as we've said many times, look, 80s movies didn't stop coming out on December 31st, 1989. No, they didn't. <laughs> so, uh, for example, I'll tell you right now, the movie that comes after this one for our special Tom Hanks month that we're doing this year is Joe versus the Volcano, which came out like nine, less than 90 days after the 80s ended. And guess what? It's an 80s movie. It's absolutely an 80s movie. So we are going to we are going to reach there. But like, for example, Tremors, another one we talked about, misses the cutoff by like mm-hmm. four months. That's not fair to us. It's not fair to you. It's a no. great movie. So. 1978, 1979, 90, 91, 92 are all on the table. That will not be exclusively what this podcast is about. It's just a little bit more fun for us, a little bit more fun for you. And, you know, 92 is the year Andrew was born, so we get to extend it around that. We're still mostly doing movies we weren't conscious for. We're still missing Hocus Pocus in the cutoff. Exactly, yeah, Andrew's furious. So um, that also means that in Listener Request Month, you can pick movies from those years as well. So that extends it a little bit for y'all. Um, but we're, we're not going to change that much. I want to emphasize that. I can't emphasize enough. It's only a very slight change and change is good. It's been eight years. We're, we're ready for a little bit, 
reach reach out yeah. a little further. Reach out a little further is all we're doing. Uh, also, I guess the other announcement, since we'd already spoiled that it's Tom Hanks month, this will be the final T Hanks giving this this year. We will uh, we will have a new fun thing next year, which it's kind of it sad. sad. It is. Um, there's a couple of Tom Hanks movies left in the eighties, which we may or may not get to. I'm not particularly interested in his first like dramatic swings, but you know, we may get to some of the leftovers we haven't gotten to. We have some, some ideas, you know, along the way we'll, we'll figure him out. He's not going away. We just, we thought we had another idea in mind. So next year will be a new tradition, which we think you'll also all enjoy. I know we will. So if that's really ultimately what matters, we enjoy ourselves or the Mm -hmm. podcast doesn't get made. Um, so yeah, a little bit of a little bit of a change, very small change. I think. Don't panic, anyone out there. It's all gonna be fine. We're expanding the hex. <laughs> if you watched Wandavision, <laughs> we're just making a little bit more room under the tent for some more friends that we'd like to, to talk about with you. That's all it is. So, uh, I hope nobody out there is like smashing their phone, just like ah, well, I'm done with these boys. That's it. <laughs> uh, but that's it. So uh, that's our big announcement. So. Uh, the end of T. Hanksgiving will be 2021, and the uh, the slight expansion of dissecting the 80s, which we're still going to call dissecting the 80s, even though we've added five years. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's dissecting the 80s. <laughs> yes, exactly. Dissecting the years 1978 through 1992 in film is a little bit too mouthy, so we're going to stick with what we've got. But uh, that's our big announcement. So we hope that you all are cool with that out there in listener land, and we hope that you enjoy this episode about Big, which we are going to start right now. We watched Big for our 200th episode, so you know what that means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's your super gross romance. Something's gonna be about your super gross romance. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. Oh, yeah. Great Scott. Cream of the crop. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Yeah, I, so I think what it is, and we've used this excuse many times, Tom Hanks is incredibly charming, and it skates past all he the is. problems. Well, also, I think it's just, I mean, I didn't read any contemporary reviews, but I don't imagine that 1988 audiences had the same, like, leaps of logic that 2021 audiences not, do. No, yeah. People pick apart movies like other, like the, the fact that podcasts like ours exist yeah. is part of like a different way of movies are consumed now. Um, I definitely think that, you know, the casting helps with that to sort of gloss things over. Um, but they also I also just, you know, it just conversations about consent and, sure. and like children's involvement and things like yeah. that were not prevalent in the time also like it's very easy to it's like tom hanks is a full-grown man you know what i mean it's an adult and so he's a full-ass adult movie is from his pov so heartily like we do kind of like see the mom later here and there and 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 major kudos to uh i I have her name written down later michelle rule yes that's it uh i i it clicked on it for me watching today uh today yesterday for the first time that she's the actress who plays uh goochberg on psych she was like uh, remember there was like a one episode replacement partner for um, Tim Omenson's character uh, uh, to replace Jules. She doesn't replace. Yes. Essentially replaces Jules, but she comes in for like one episode. 
Oh, and she was like the Satan. crazy lady. Yeah, 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 she's like she's a fresh recruit, but she's like middle aged and she's a nutbag. Yeah, I remember her now. She's like pulling a gun on a on a store clerk and stuff. Uh, she's very good in that in a very very big silly role. She's excellent in this movie, and so it's like you cut to her for a couple of scenes, and and Penny Marshall like really focuses on her in the in the direction of this, and it's brutal for like thirty seconds, and then it's like back to la la la, and it's like well wait a minute. Yeah, I, I think this I think this movie could have used a few trips just i if you're gonna make a fun silly movie about a if you're gonna make 13 going on 30 then i don't i don't want to think about how sad his family is that he's gone like you can gloss over that and i i imagine the audience wouldn't think about it huge run of these kid becomes adult movies there's an so i didn't know this existed but there's a disney movie called 14 going on 30 which is I just learned that well, today. I'm just like, how do you get, how do you not immediately get that title pitch to you go, well, like, well, no, 13 sounds better. Like the three thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But there's like three, one of them has Judd, uh, Judge Reinhold in it. And I can't remember. I think the other one is Kirk Cameron. I, I forgot all these titles, but there's like three or four movies right around this one, all dealing with this same thing. Huh. So I don't know why I know in 88, we were just obsessed with like, let's all be kids again. But also, like, let's be adults now. Yeah, yeah. It's like, let's, it's, it honestly feels like and people are going to be like, oh, God, they're talking about Reagan again. But is it like, maybe it's like people are, are you know, we're all, we're all type A personality business people now in Reagan's America. And people are like, oh, my God, I just wish I could, like, enjoy a baseball game and eat bubble gum. Yeah, that's possible. Anyway. Reagan chokes on jelly bean and <laughs> hell. Yes, of course he does with his little monkey friend. Um, he knows what he did. Uh, the monkey, not. Reagan. I mean, I assume Reagan. I'm not sure, but <laughs> Reagan. Of course, he fucking knows Does what he, he did. Know? He signed laws. Like he probably doesn't think anything he did was bad. Um, he was barely aware of what he was doing for the last half of that presidency. He was just like a, a, a puppet. Yeah, I just think this movie, like, it's it would be a better movie if you if you didn't show me how sad his family is. Agreed. Agreed. And so, okay, let, can I can I just fix the movie and then because I I, I sure, feel like I'm just gonna hang out there. Okay, so here's how you fix the movie. Is it thirteen going no, on thirty? Because no, no, no. that's that's a better version of the story. I, I honestly haven't seen it, so you a better, tell me a better executed version of this. You narrative, tell me I because say. I have not, to my knowledge, seen that movie. Now, if it's possible, I've seen that movie and I don't remember it. It's, I've I'm an old man. Judy and, Greer, man. Yeah, I just. And Andy Serkis not in a CGI suit, really. I, I don't have... I'm not like, oh, fuck 13 going on 30. I just think no, I, I, just, I know. Okay. I just want to be clear. It wasn't like, oh, Jennifer Garner can suck it. Like, I just don't think I saw it. Um, we, can, we can forget that Capital One sponsorship. Yeah, exactly. They're going right out the window. Okay, so here's what happens. He goes... He finds the Zoltar machine at the end of the movie. He makes his wish. He has the big heart-to-heart conversation with Elizabeth Perkins. Like, the only reason to stay is you. And then he says, like, and I guess I have to stay because it didn't work. So they go back to her apartment, and he's, like, really sad, and they lay down, and they go to sleep. Because in my version of the movie, it's dark. So it's, like, he... It's okay. nighttime. Because in the beginning, the wish doesn't work until you go to sleep. Yeah, he has to go to sleep. The the, the rules are terrible. It's like Freaky Friday. So they go to sleep, and he's sad, and she's comforting him, and she's like, we'll figure out something to do. Fade to black, fade up, little kid Josh is on the top bunk, he wakes up with a start, he falls out of the bed, we cut to Ms. Rule downstairs, we hear her, okay, sorry, I missed a spot, she goes... 
Josh, it's time for breakfast. He wakes up and he falls out of the bed. We cut to the same shot earlier of her putting the eggs on the plate and the thud noise from upstairs, which in the beginning of the movie is him like destroying. Yeah, old yeah. man. In this case, it's 30 yeah. year old. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, hey. I'm 29. She's putting the eggs on the plate. We hear the thud. It's the same scene. She looks up all funny. And then he's like, I'm fine. And then he comes downstairs in his pajamas and he gives his mom a huge hug. And she's like, what's this? And he's like, oh, I just I just thought you needed it. You know, I I just I just, uh, you know, I wanted to give you a hug. And she's like, oh, that's odd. And she puts the eggs on the plate. And then he reaches into his pocket and he finds the Zoltar ticket and he sees like your wish has been granted. And he's like, oh, it's none of that happened. Like it didn't. Oh, it was a dream. Not a dream. It was like it happened and then it unhappened. You know what I mean? It was like we pulled you out of the timeline. We put you into this thing and then we put you back. So is is it's like an alternate reality. But in that in this alternate reality, does he so it still has the beginning where he wakes up an adult in the in his childhood bed? And he still has to take his friend out of school and go to New York. That yeah, all, that that all happens, happens too. But all that gets okay. undone because he wakes back up and it's the same morning. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's like very no, specifically, I get that. It's nothing happened. Like, it all was like real to him. That is, that is, I will say, very similar to the end <laughs> of 13 going on 30. Narrative. It's better. Well, no, except in 13 going on 30, she doesn't wake up in her own bed as an adult. She, she is 13 and she wakes up in her 30-year-old apartment. Like, she's an adult in her... Like, does she that, jumps forward 17 years. Does that not cause her years. to have just a complete existential meltdown? Because I feel like... Oh, yeah, no, she she freaks okay. out about it in the beginning. Okay. That's the whole... The first, like, 20 minutes is, like, her being like, what's happening? There's a naked guy in my apartment, and it's her okay. boyfriend. And, like... Well, maybe I need to watch Judy Greer is like, get in the car. Does Judy Greer know what's up? No, God. No, no okay. one knows. Like that's the thing. She's like, uh, I'm a child, and Judy Greer's like, God. Judy Greer's her like, sh- uh, like bitchy best friend who's like, God, I guess, I, I guess I have to deal with you now. But like, doesn't that solve almost all the problems of this movie? It's like he never did. It does certainly he never help. Had sex with that woman because it, it doesn't exist anymore. So that problem's out the window. The mom doesn't have the heartbreak because again, like to her, it's the same day, and it's all it all it undoes it. And like, yes, it is kind of it's all a dream, but it's like. The, in this case, I'm advocating for it. It's all a dream because it's just better. <laughs> it's a better. I agree. I mean, I agree. I think that ending helps. So that's that's my fix. I think you make that one change. It firmly establishes the rules of the magic in this movie, which are incomprehensible otherwise. And uh, yeah, also undoes many yeah. of the issues. So anyway, we'll, we'll go through the movie. But that's that was my my fix. Also, um it, just in background stuff, I mentioned Penny Marshall already. She does a great job of this movie. But originally, it was supposed to be Spielberg because his sister has a writing credit on it. Mm-hmm. It was also uh, Landis was another person. Yes, yes. And her writing partner on this did um, uh, Ocean's 8, the, the lady-driven version of the Ocean's movie. Oh, that's and, awesome. Uh, also The Hunger Games. But she, her other writing credit is a movie called Time. Wow, that's yeah, a... Yeah. That's a that's a that's a yeah, range. Yeah, yeah, he has and, and some other stuff too that kind of spreads all over the place genre wise. But she has another credit writing a movie called Time Warp that is a similar, not the same thing, but a similar time jump thing. So I'm just like, what's up in the Spielberg household that Anne was just like, I just want to not be this age anymore. Uh, people never really talk about young Josh. I no. feel like uh, he didn't do a whole lot, but he was engaged to Carrie Washington really? for a time. Yeah, 
and apparently helps produce the uh, Lin Manuel Miranda's In the Heights. What? The, like the the original the, the show, his is Broadway like show, his first boy? one. Is he like the son of like the 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 Coke brother or something? I don't think so. It didn't sound like it. I mean, I glossed over Wikipedia. Okay. But yeah, he and Carrie Washington, he was engaged to Carrie Washington and the two of them produ- helped produce In the Heights. Carrie Washington helped produce The Heights? I don't know that. I didn't know that. Apparently. Not the not the movie, the original yeah, 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 Broadway yeah. production, but yeah. Huh. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like sure that we're going to find out that he, like someone's going to tweet and he's like, actually, his name is uh, David Moscow because he his father was Jim Moscow of the Russian Moscows. <laughs> I mean, I will say... There is no mention on the In the Heights Wikipedia page of Kerry Washington being involved. So, That's you know, do with that what you will. Anyway, uh, I love that we start with a text-based adventure, some classic computer game, which is basically like D&D, but you don't need a friend. But it's also got a picture. I thought text-based didn't have any pictures. I, that is definitely the first generation of text-based adventures was just text. I think this is like step mm-hmm. two, which is like not animated so much as, <laughs> as, as uh, illustrated. So yeah. he's playing this game. It's time to go to school. They he takes the trash out into a wrestling trash can, which I really enjoyed because I don't you don't see them anywhere but movies and wrestling. Of uh, the yeah. metal, it's like <laughs> I've never seen one of them in real life. Uh, yeah, I don't know that I have I either. See it in movies and I see it when wrestlers hit each other with them, and that's pretty much the list. Um, I've the cities I've lived in have all had the like municipal everybody has the same trash can situation for like the trucks pick them up so mm-hmm. I think that's just an age yeah. thing but uh, I do love seeing a good wrestling trash can uh, so we go to the carnival and the thing that sucks about <laughs> the beginning of this movie is his parents are so good <laughs> they're so sweet to him like they're they're I like know. very good attentive parents and it's a situation where you're like. I don't know, this kid's 12 and there's a baby. Like, you know, maybe he's not getting attention. It's like, no, they're snapping pictures of him playing the games. He's got plenty of tickets. He's getting anything he's asking for. He's got his cotton candy, yeah. he's got his soda. He's playing the games. And they're just like, oh, man, like, this family loves each other. I don't want this family to no, be sad. No. They, In addition to loving each other, they also seem to like each other, you know, which is not a given in a movie. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say we don't see the dad. He does, after. He does totally disappear. And people have I, I've seen other reviews online where people are like, well, that's because he was like, I can't deal with this. And he, he like either walks away Which or kills himself. Pr- entirely oh, possible yeah. that, you know, the strain of losing yes. a child put a strain yeah, on a marriage. Yeah. And that's the thing is like the way this movie ends, like we have no idea what happens with this family. There's a very real chance that the family does not recover. This mother is ruined. Well, because what is he going to say? Right. There's no explanation that makes any sense. And even if he does explain it, someone's going to be like, oh, yeah, uh, your son made that up to get over the fact that he was tied in, up in a basement for two weeks. or No, eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, eight weeks. It's It's been yeah. months. It's at least six weeks. We're sure of that. So I think it's probably closer to seven, seven or eight. But yeah, it's like, the, oh, yeah, your son was abducted for two months. Who knows if he was assaulted, sexually assaulted, abused mentally or physically, like Anything could have happened to him. Yeah. Also, how old are these kids that the... Because she's like, this is... Blo- the the girl that he has yes. a crush on is like, this is Derek. He can drive. I'm like, how old yeah, are you? that's also a problem because Josh is 13. Yes. Is he 13? Because Wikipedia says 12. So I have always thought 12, but he's... The friend says 13 later. And so I thought they were both mm. the same. Oh, because he yeah, has a birthday. He turns 13 in the movie. So, the, yeah. Okay. Um... So yeah, at best, you're talking about a high schooler dating a middle schooler, which is disgusting. 
Yeah, a 16-year-old yeah. dating a 12-year-old. Right, 16-year-old is junior year of, or uh, sophomore year of high school. Yeah. Sophomore into junior. Yeah. So you're talking yeah. about a 7th grader and a 10th grader. It's just icky to me. Yeah. Weird. Don't no, like it. it's icky. Um, but Josh has the big crush, so he's going to talk to her and, you know, oh, mom and dad, I think I should ride this ride alone. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm brave and I can do it. And it's one of those like classic carnival ring of fire. It's just like a, a it's just the loop part of a roller coaster and no other, no other track. Yes. Like, hey, how much, how much just to do the loop? What do you mean? People will vomit. Exactly. That's the point. Ugh. I haven't been to like a local fair like that in forever. I haven't been since high school, but I definitely rode a ride like this. And it was like the, they put you in like a cage and like buckle the cage down. Like you're also belted in or strapped in in some way. But I was like really wedged into this thing with a friend. Cause I was, a, I've always been a big fella and <laughs> high school. I was peak big fella. Like I had shoulders that barely fit through some doorways. And so I just, they wedged us in this thing and then buckle it shut. And I just kept banging my head on the door. It was just like, this sucks. This is so unfun. Ugh. See, even when I went to those things, I never liked the rides. I'm like, these are held together with chewing gum, rubber bands, and a prayer. Like, I walk around and eat the food and yeah. play the games. Yeah, I had friends that were like, oh, we got to get on the ride. Yeah, no. But yeah, it's like, a I forget what the one it's called in this movie, like the Super Looper or something, but I always knew it as Ring of Fire. Uh, so... They, the boyfriend shows up and, and uh, they go to get on the ride. Oops, Josh is too short. And the girl's like, that's a stupid rule. And I'm like, excuse me, miss. It is definitively not a stupid rule to keep this child from dying on this it ride. Is, it's, there for, it's there for safety. Safety, thank you so much. As someone whose job it was to enforce that rule seven years ago, that rule is there for yeah, a reason. Yeah, exactly. And Josh isn't like almost tall enough. He's like a fist short of this chicken hand. Yeah, he's he's a f- like it's not even like a parent could try and argue yeah. that. Like he's fully just too yeah, short. He's a little shrimpy boy. Um, and 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 because it's a fly by night carnival, they don't have the lovely theme park thing of like, well, come back when you're old enough. It's like get out of here, kid. Yeah, <laughs> there's no sorry. You're unfortunately, I can't let you on the ride, but. Something else. No. <laughs> the carny heckles him to get him to go away. Beat it, shrimp. Yeah. Uh, so we get the classic Zoltar machine. And I really like the version of Zoltar in this is a game, which seems way more fun to me than the fortune teller versions that are out now, which is just like you put in the money and you yeah. get a fortune. I think it's way cooler that it's like, okay, you make a wish and you try to jump the quarter into his mouth. And if you get it, he grants your wish. And if you don't, you don't. I think that's much more entertaining. So we don't normally do this, but we've had like four problems with issues with our recording that have all happened right now due to some some human error and some computer error. So we're just peeling back the curtain to let you know that this is the <laughs> third take of this conversation starting from here. That first Andrew was muted and then I was muted and now we're trying again to pick up our conversation naturally. But it's been so off the rails that we just have to just tell you all what happened, which is that we <laughs> screwed up and the second conversation was completely was different totally that's different. the thing yeah, they, it's, it's not like we were like oh okay this is your line this is my line it's like let's just uh criminy <laughs> so they the, so yeah i like how zoltar's gamified yes. and i heard that it's made up for the movie is, yes and i think there was probably like fortune teller machines at the time of various types but not this particular one <laughs> but my big beef is like this movie is a magic is real movie and this moment does it's listed as a fantasy comedy yeah, i mean it is but it's like almost high fantasy because they just don't have enough magic in this moment in my opinion yeah and 
<laughs> Tell me your original point that I've never heard before, please. It was a good joke, so I'm keeping it. <laughs> so after he makes his wish and he gets the little card, we see that the Zoltar machine is unplugged. And I think that is, like, the perfect amount of magic for the scene. Like, I didn't need some, like, old man carny with a gold tooth winking as he, like, wheels a hand truck away. Like... It's Ernest like, Borgnine. Like, and basically being Tom Hanks in Polar Express. Yeah. Like, I didn't need that. Ernest Borgnine, like, doffs a cap with his crazy hair going. <laughs> or Polly has his robot from the Rocky movie. Yeah, I mean, the robot would, yeah. No, the robot would have been the Zoltar That's machine, true. like, in Futurama. That's probably true. That's probably true. See, this is goes back to my point from many episodes ago, but like we don't have anybody to play carnies anymore. Like those two solid carnies. We don't. There's no carny actors left, I don't think. Well, also, like, what is a carny now? Like in 2021, like I'm saying if you're making a period piece that involves carnies. Okay, that's fair. Where you need old men car because like current carnies are like people who uh have run afoul of the law and are on a second chance which is a good thing it's good for society gives like a chances or people with drug problems like i used to cover the fair when i worked in frederick and there was always it's like i i enjoyed the fair and so i would try to go as much as possible i'd go write about the food i'd write about whatever because i just enjoyed first of all it was just something different yeah. happening and it was just fun but like toward the end, they're like, we'll pay you $16 an hour in cash to tear down the fair. And I always thought like, oh, maybe that's a story. And then I was like, no, it's not. It's just people who need cash. Like, that's not a story. It's, it's not. not interesting. Like, there's not a that's not a fun story. Don't do that. I mean, even when I did that, like 10 years ago, I guess at this point. No, it would have been like eight years ago. I was a, I perform, a performer at a local haunted thing in Westchester when I was in college. And it was just like the craziest group of people mm -hmm. from all manner of life. Like one girl was like, yeah, I got out of rehab last week. And I was like, huh? Okay, I, cool. It's, like, I, I, it's great that there is employment for folks who need it. You know, this is not, yeah, there's no uh, shame yeah, in that, down but it was just like way more of that. And like also the farm hands who used to run it, but were, they were like, Hey, we need to bring in professionals. They got mad that we were brought in. Like it was a mess. Yeah. yeah. And so that's what it's like. I, when I say I want actors to play carnies, like I want the old man who doffs his cap at Tom Hanks and winks, which we just I don't think we have yes. anymore. Yeah, I'm trying to think who I who would like maybe would do that maybe, today. Like, like honestly, it's got to be Christopher Lloyd. There's like no other options that I can think of. Yeah, definitely Christopher yeah. Lloyd. That's I mean, he's skinnier than I was picturing. I was trying to picture a, a oh, heavy like man, a but I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Not no, not hulking like a. Like a portly, oh, okay. like Maurice, okay, okay, like okay. a human Maurice from uh, sure, sure. <laughs> from Beauty and the yeah, Beast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, it's like a, De Niro is too big of a name, but it's like a De Niro age. Yeah, but that's the right age. Yeah, I can see that. I'll think of someone halfway through this recording yeah. and like shout it out. Uh, but I, it's like what I want to happen is the ticket needs to be the ticket from Last Action Hero. It needs to like yeah shimmer the sizzle around the edge. Josh even notices it in character, but I like for the audience. I, I want to just like a, a wind rush, like when like Harry Potter, J.K. Rowling sucks. When JK, when Harry Potter picks up his wand sure. and there's that oh, like the, the rush of fan. wind on his yeah, face, yeah, yeah. like something, something like that, because then later there is the windstorm. Yeah, yeah. The big storm kicks up and like right now. Are we to assume that it's related? I think so, because there's wind that blows hard when he makes the second wish. Not quite as much, but it does blow. You see trash kick up yeah. before Elizabeth Perkins runs out to be like, wait, don't do it. Stay and have sex with me, child. Gross, don't. We'll get there. Um, 
I also love that they've got the walkie-talkies to talk to each other, like, you know, adjacent uh, house. I always wanted that. Oh, me too. I don't, why? Why? It's, just, it's, like, <laughs> it's like you're getting one over on the parents because it's like you're supposed to be asleep, but you're secretly talking. Now kids just text all night. Like the, I, this to kids probably yeah. seems stupid. But in the pre-cell phone era, when we grew up, it's like, oh, man, that's so cool. Because I, I definitely mm-hmm. tried it with friends and the child walkie-talkies did not reach that far enough for the distance between my friend's houses and me. We didn't we have nicer walkie talkies at we one did, point, but I wasn't going to like lend that out to a friend. That would be no, but I think, I think down the beach, Wait, that's exactly right. Before cell phones, the, the, the girl I was friends with across the street oh, okay. down the beach. I don't want to dox. I don't want to say names. Say first name. You know who I'm talking about that Rachel, yeah. my friend from down the beach when I was a kid. I think we tried to walkie talkie once because she had a nicer oh, okay. one too. And we like tried to find the same we channel. We had like, you buy like a two pack or multi pack. I think we got like a three or four pack of these same like adult walkie talkies in the pre cell phone. Like area. Motorola. Yeah, so that like we could go to like the fun fair part of the beach uh, to the boardwalk and my, our parents could be like, here's a roll of quarters. I forgot that's why they, yeah, why, yeah. why we bought it was that. Like, you, it, it was like a little bit of kid freedom. It was like, you guys can go run around and you know have some fun i just got like a flood of memories because i fully forgot that that's why we had the walkie talkies yeah, and they made there was like a thing on it where you could uh, like it was kind of like that nextel chirp but you could like push a button and it mm-hmm. would like ring so if you could they couldn't hear your voice you get the ring that'd be like yeah i'm remembering this now so we wake up the next morning we got hank's legs hang swinging over the bed and this is like really what makes this movie so good is he his freak out here is incredible but his whole performance where it's like truly believable that a child is trapped in a man's body that he's a little kid that he's having you know these reactions in meetings he's having these all these reactions to like how adults operate feels so natural and good and that combined with the fact that the movie takes place entirely from his point of view is why this movie works and is so beloved for sure um, IMDb had a few people listed of who else was considered. It's a truly insane list. The two that I think, the two that I noticed were the two that I thought could also do it. It's Robin Williams and the Goots, friend of the pod. I think those two would deliver similar energy. I'm the biggest Goot apologist in the world. And while I think I agree with you, he could pull it off. He's definitely, this movie is not nearly as good with the Goot at the wheel. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't think any movie replacing Tom Hanks with the Goots is um, generally considered to Turner be and Hooch, a better Turner movie. And Hooch is a better movie. Okay, I'll give you Turner and Hooch, but I don't <laughs> think name one other I, <laughs> Tom yeah. Hanks uh, castaway. The Goots <laughs> on an island. Obviously not, but I like the idea. Uh, the Goots. I feel like he was probably in some goofy stuck on an island movie. The Goots in Polar Express. The Goot says everyone in Polar yeah, Express. Plays all nine roles like Tom Hanks does. Um, the, so, God, I hate that so movie. So originally it's Spielberg attached. And when Spielberg's attached, it's Harrison Ford. Spielberg leaves. Harrison Ford drops out. Well, and no, De Niro was first first somehow. No, no, no. Uh, De Niro comes on next. So De Niro gets. Oh, so okay. They do a whole big consideration list. De Niro gets attached with Elizabeth Perkins. He is 45 at the time. She is 28, which in Hollywood means they're the same age. Um, yeah. But here's here's. I just can't like De Niro always had kind of an old face. He he, he did. But also, have you seen Midnight Run? Because if you haven't like I. So no. Midnight Run, I think, is my probably my favorite De Niro performance. I think it's like his most interesting performance. Like he's great in a lot of stuff. Don't get me wrong. Like I just watched Goodfellas for the first not for the first time, first time in a long time. And uh 
marveled at how great he is in that. He's great in pretty much everything. That's the garlic one, right? Yeah. The garlic yeah, and the razor yeah. blade. And is now on the table for the show. So you're going to have to watch it. That's at some true. Point. Um, but let me read these names off to you. Kevin Costner, Warren Beatty, who uh, played Dick Tracy. No. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Quaid. <laughs> Warren Beatty was, wasn't, uh, sorry, Warren, wasn't Warren Beatty um, uh, uh, Clyde? Is that who I'm thinking of? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, that's that's him. Uh, Dennis Quaid, the ham sandwich. Albert Brooks, who's like way too old and too big of a goofball. Although I like Albert Brooks. I think he's funny. John Travolta like desperately wanted to be the guy in the studio was absolutely not. No, thank you. Uh, no. Uh, Sean Penn, Gary Busey, who Penny Marshall didn't think could play an adult, despite the fact that he was like 40 at the time. <laughs> She didn't think Busey could That's play an what adult. The Wikipedia says I don't know, but at the time he was forty-four years old. Penny, so, um, uh, Andy Garcia, but they turned him down, and they were racist yes, and said no. He's Puerto Rican, which sucks. Uh, Deborah Winger tried to convince her to make it a girl, Penny Marshall, that is, and she was like, no. But Deborah Winger was also up for the um, Elizabeth Perkins yeah, but, role, so but, I'm like, was she just like everyone in this? If you had the choice between the two characters in this movie. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, and then De Niro, who eventually becomes Tom Hanks, which is the correct choice, A to Z. I think so, for sure. But yeah, this is like, you said this in one of the cut versions and I thought it was a good point. So I'm repeating it because we've had this conversation up until this point three times now. Uh, this is kind of like Tom Hanks's early nascent Woody because it's like really big, but also really emotionally. Yeah, it, it, it's got it's got its valleys for emotional depth, but it's it's a big, fun performance. Yeah. And so he he puts on the clothes, he goes to the carnival grounds, and it's a really great score here of him biking around this empty carnival, like really sells the sadness of this moment. Although I get being like, who the hell got hired to clean up this carnival and why are they not employed? Yeah, I was like, it's been how how long? Yeah. I've seen like play and musical strikes last longer than that. And that's just one that's just a few sets in a room that's not an entire fairground well, i i mentioned the working for the newspaper before they do they do tear down the frederick fair overnight i mean i get i get overnight but like it's 7 30 in the yeah, morning they're gone it's like they work until three or four in the morning and it ends yeah, really they're like they get the hell wow. out of there yeah that's my that's my impression it's like they hire as many people as they can to get like you know that 16 17 bucks an hour at the time in cash and just try to tear down by 4 a.m. Yeah. And then the trucks leave the truck drivers show up probably at four or 5 a.m. to drive to the next place. Cause these carnivals, it's very fascinating. One of the cool things about doing the interviews there is there was this uh, root beer truck, which I, you know, it's like a carnival staple. Like A and W. Yes. But it's like, you know, mom and pop root beer stand. It doesn't have brand. Okay, one. cool. Um, it's a couple who do that as their retirement They're They were both like in their 60 or seventies, I think at the time, but they, they, Grew up going and getting root beer as like they get root beer floats and they loved it. And so they bought the truck and now they do it as their time shop. That's so but cute. But they spend like 16 weeks a year on the road. They like hook the truck up to an RV and they from May to September, they're on the road. Okay. So like that's a quarter of a year, right? Ish. Yeah. Four months. It's a third a year. Yeah. Okay. But I'm just saying like they, they go from place to place to place. So like they, you know, the fair packs up and they get, a, they start driving to the next location and they set up for a week and then they drive to the next location. Hmm. I always forget about that kind of like quick cash kind of yeah, stuff because yeah. when i worked I, I i don't remember i think this is in the take we're doing right now when i talk when i worked for that horror the haunted thing yes i think that's in the um take. um part of the contract was like if you you have to work until 
the cl- the the end of your contract, the closing date. Otherwise, you have to give back half the money you earned. Wow, that's wild. Yeah, they were. I was like, I read that and I was like, what? And someone was like, yeah, a lot of people will do this for like two. They'll sign up for two weeks and then just bail, yeah. and so that people don't do that. That's in the contract. Yeah, that's definitely not legal. <laughs> BT dubs. I mean, I got out of it because they they tried to screw me over. I I was working for them for like two, like two weeks or whatever, and I was getting paid more because I was a quote unquote professional actor, yeah. and that was the point. Like I was specifically like they were looking for actor actors, and then I had like helped out with makeup one night. Like I had gone above and beyond for this little shitty little dive hole, and then they were like, I got a phone call, and they were like, Hey, we need to reduce your pay back to what everyone else is making, and I was like, I'm sorry, <laughs> and they were like. Yeah, we're you're getting you're gonna go back to you're gonna go down to what everyone else is making, and I was like, so you're gonna offer me a new contract to sign, right, with this new pay rate? And they're like, of course. And I was like, great. And so I showed up and I got I got my con I got the money that they the paycheck or whatever. And the girl who was giving me the thing, the contract was like, I'm really sorry, like I didn't I don't want to do this. And I was like, okay, because I'm not gonna sign it. And now that this contract is in place, the other contract is now in is not in place anymore. So I'm taking my money. <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> Yeah, that sucks. That's really shitty all around. All those things are shitty. Um, He runs home and he's trying to explain to the mom who, of course, is freaking out. And he does this. Is there a right way to do this? Yeah, it's with like you don't you call. You think a phone call? I think the phone call is better than running in and being like, I'm wearing your child's underwear. Me, a full grown man. I I am only saying that because I don't think there is a right way to do this. I don't think there's a version of this. Where our mom does not react the same way she does. So the other thing I've thought about, too, because I've been thinking about this ever since I watched the movie. I think if he gets the friend first and he, like, convinces the friend that he is Josh and the friend comes in and is like, look, what I'm going to tell you is insane. Okay? Like, what I'm going to tell you is absolutely insane, but I believe this person is who he says he is. Like, you can call the police if you want, but I am almost pot. Like, I I believe this is who it is. This is Josh. Something weird has happened. And you have the friend explain the whole thing. And then you have him walk in. And of course, she's going to like freak out. But it's like, like, just ask. That's a, I, that, okay. That, that, I, that is the right. And way you're to like, do it, you're like, just quiz him. Cause I quizzed him and he passed with flying colors. You know, like he knew the secret yeah. handshake. He knew the thing. Like, just start quizzing him. And the kid, like, you just have to have him quiz him. But the problem with it is, is like, then what do you do? Like, like, obviously. What, like, what's yeah, next? Like, they, they do have to still find the Zoltar machine and maybe they come up with that answer on their own and the mom and the dad help. But it's still like, like, what, do you just hide him for six weeks? Like, what do you do? Like, oh, Josh. I don't know. I get, yeah, he just lives in yeah, the house. Josh, he's he's got to be locked in his room, basically. I mean, I guess I could pretend he was, like, someone visiting. Sure, but then where's Josh, you know? It's like he has mono, I guess. Yeah, Josh is yeah. sick. So, yeah, it's just, like, that to me is the only possible way you get around it. Is like, you get the, you get yeah. the friend, and the friend is like, this is totally insane, but you have to quiz him because it's the only way to, to find out. And it's like, call the police if you want, but quiz him first. I like that. That's right. Because his it, what the what, from her perspective, her son ran out of the house. She found his presumably found his tattered pajamas upstairs, like ripped to shreds. And then a full grown man comes in the house wearing her husband's sweatshirt and her son's underwear. Yeah, you're right. I mean, obviously, like I said, what he did was not right. I did not think there was a right way to yeah. do it, but I think the best friend is a good but angle. But I do love that she immediately goes from like, don't hurt me, don't hurt me, 
and then she's like, oh man, this this guy is my son. To She pulls a knife out of the block and it's going to kill him, which is great. A big old yeah, knife. It's delightful. Michael Myers was jealous of this knife. He's like, damn, that's a big one. Yes. <laughs> so then he sneaks to the school and convinces his best friend that he is himself. Yeah, I also, the friend, they show like a little interlude of the friend playing basketball, which Tom Hanks is able to like just watch for some reason, which is very strange. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of our high school gym. I guess you could theoretically like peek in the in a window. I mean, a random ass adult is not getting into that high school without a bunch of people asking questions. Well, no, na- I'm now in 2021, no, but we in the 80s, I feel oh, in like the 80s probably. But when we went to high school, yeah, yeah no I, way. No, there was a receptionist right. who was like, who was yeah, right there? Excuse me, who are you? Uh, I went uh, in college. I went back to go see an old teacher that I liked and had lunch with them. And I was leaving. So I was 19 or 20 at the time. And I was leaving and walking out the front door. And I took my phone out to use it. And the principal, it was, so we went to Downingtown East. This was Downingtown West. So she had moved to a different school. Um, and so I went there to visit her. But I didn't know any of these, you know, administrative people at all. And the principal's like, yeah. hey, give me your phone. And I was like, excuse me. He's like, you can have your phone out in school. And I was like, I don't go here. And he's like, well, then what are you doing here? And I was like, I just had lunch with this teacher. Uh, I signed into the front desk and I, it's all above board. And he was like, get out. And I was like, I was leaving. <laughs> Thanks. I was, I was on I my was way. Literally walking out the door when you accosted me, but they, they did not fool around. Even when I worked in a high school, it was a pain in the ass to scan in. <clears throat> Cause like, the only scanner was at the far side of the door door set, but then like it didn't always open the door right next to it, so you had to like run over and get inside. <laughs> I love that image of you just like frantically trying to get into this high school, holding holding a stack of dresses in my arms <laughs> as I like run inside. Uh, yeah, very Zoidberg. Yeah. So but anyway, the friend is cherry picking so bad. He's at the other end of the court. They throw the ball to him with like a full 25 seconds before the other boys arrive. And he just bongs it off the underside of the rim twice. Why were there so many balls if they was playing? If they're like, what? it looks like dodgeball, the number of balls like there are. It seems like they were playing dodgeball and then we're like, okay, now it's time for basketball, which is not like any gym I'm aware of. And it's like movie yeah, gym. Yeah, just like random activities and stuff. Yeah. But they do the secret song, so he believes it's him. So he steals some money for Hanks, and they they send him on his way to um, to New York. I should mention we are both watching the original theatrical cut, not the extended version, which makes this part because much I I'm this movie does not need to be over two, two hours. Two ten is bonkers. This is like a perfect length. It's like a hundred minutes. It's really nice. It for me, I've, again, I'm an advocate for a tight ninety. It's there's it starts to drag by the end of it. I, I think, agree with but that. Once it's once it's obvious where the movie is headed, it takes a little too long to get there. So he goes to a sketchy motel in New York, and he they both clear. It's Tom Hanks plays this part of it like two kids wearing a trench coat pretending to be an adult. Yes, exactly that. <laughs> like a room, one please. Well, also like they live in North Jersey clearly because yeah. you can see the city. I don't think you if, if you're gonna go lay low in New York for a couple weeks or whatever while you figure it out, you don't have to go to Times Square. <laughs> like you can just go right over the river to New right, York. Right. I mean, they're kids, they probably only know of Times Square, basically. Yeah, probably. Uh meanwhile while they're escaping, the cops are like, you know, investigating walking around apparently in the I, I read like a recap of what's in the longer version apparently there's like a long scene with the cops a longish scene with the cops talking to the parents which again is like not the right tone for this movie no you don't need it's it it's also a bummer like what 
Also, could you, I guess, theoretically, couldn't you, like, blood test him? I mean, to find now out if you he's definitely Josh? could, yes, for sure. At the time, I don't know how feasible that was, but for sure, that would be the answer. At least a paternity test would probably tell, yeah, right? Yeah, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, you would think. Um, but yeah, I, I I fully forgot that this movie had those, like, real emotion moments when he Hanks is alone in the motel room. And he's just like breaking down because oh, yeah. it's a chi- he's a child yeah. and it's heartbreaking. Yeah, he's a twelve year old boy alone in the sketchiest. This motel room makes the rooms in Supernatural look like the Four Seasons. <laughs> exactly, except there's no '60s room divider that they can swap out each episode. Right, right. So there's like a gunshot outside. He's freaking out. He he has really good child terror on display here. Mm-hmm. He pushes the set of drawers in front of the door. Smart. I mean, yeah, hey. yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't trust that because when the friend leaves, he's like, "You should use the chain." And I was like, "Yeah, you definitely should." 100%. I don't know if I even trust the chain. So they they go and they fill out the form to find out all of the fares in the state, which is pretty smart for two twelve year olds. I got to be honest. Yeah. Well, it's funny because when he biked over in the beginning of the movie, he biked over to the empty fairground. There was a, a poster on mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. ground, and I was like. And my head was like, oh, is he going to like pick it up? And there's going to be like a phone number sure, on sure. there for like information or whatever. Yeah. They, this, this lady's like, you can fill out this form and triplicate and we'll have answers for you in six weeks. It's just like, oh, man, 1988, huh? God, bureaucracy. Well, also just like that's probably how long it took to like mail something to somewhere, get the records printed, get them collated and then get them mailed to you as opposed to someone typing it in on a computer and it being done instantaneously. Ugh, God, I can't imagine. Uh, so we go and we eat ice cream sundaes at some weir- weird little diner and we're job searching. And I, I, this part really always amuses. Even as a kid, I found it funny because I was watching it. You know, I knew what a computer was uh, <laughs> the first time I saw it. But the he's reading these names. Or he's reading all the jobs out to, to Josh, the best friend. And he gets to computer, computer analyst, computer, computer. I think it's operator, a computer user operator, or something. Operator, yeah. operator, that's what it is. And so he's like, computer operator. And and Hanks is like, go back to that one. He's like, come on, you and your computers. He sounds like a middle-aged dad. Like, what? You're a kid. You should think that's cool. <laughs> right? Also, in 2021, that's like, that's all yeah, jobs. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just doing data entry, but it's like someone has to manually input these records. Seems like, oh, my God, what a huge waste of human time. Oh God! Also, they go so that we cut to them in the uh, office lobby at the job, like filling out a job application. Yes. And I was like, "Oh right, you could just lie yeah. about everything." Yes. yes, there's no way to check anything. Like he lies about his school, his previous so job he history. Like actually lie about his school because he says, "Where did you go to school?" And where did you go to school? And he says George Washington, which I think is the name of his actual elementary or middle school. I mean, probably. So technically, he but doesn't like, lie. No, but I mean, it's just like today, everything gets automatically when you when I apply for a job, everything is automatically checked. Of course, as soon as you type it into the form, it's like. Bloop. And I, the other part I really love is like, oh, you're missing two numbers out of your your social security number is too short, and he's like twelve, and the guy's like, oh, okay, and then later he gets a check, and I'm like, now wait a minute, and it's like, oh, it didn't matter, they just cut the check, it's fine. Yeah, because they hand it right. to him directly. Well, no, he says, he says, oh, 12. And the guy's like, oh, zero, one, two. Yeah. So he immediately gets hired after Elizabeth Perkins storms into the office and interrupts. And being a boss, I love it. He meets John Lovitz, his fellow computer operator, who very smartly, I might add, uh, says, 
like slow down man there's no rush like and it's like yeah you're 12 you haven't learned that the only reward reward for doing your work well is more work <laughs> yeah a hundred percent like slow down buddy you do exactly enough to impress everybody else not your maximum whatever your maximum is Th- yeah is, is irrelevant. you figure out you figure out the level that makes you look good and look and pretty good right there and then that's that it is the peak of your efforts uh, we see Elizabeth Perkins and her and another guy with the boss, uh, Robert John Loja, kind of like talking about John who? Heard from Home Alone. John Heard talking about like facts and figures the and TBS whatever, reports. and then yeah, <laughs> and then uh, Tom Hanks crashes into them because he's running to get things uh, photocopied or xeroxed, as the movie yeah, says. Yeah. Um, and the boss is like, "Nothing wrong with a little hustle, huh?" And I'm like, "No, gr- <laughs> shut up." <laughs> I mean, Shut as up. we see in this, Robert Loja is an incredibly old school boss who's like, I like the cut of this guy's gym. Make him a vice president. <laughs> well, also, like, here's my thing. They're talking and Elizabeth Perkins is like, we use the focus test groups and the yeah, market yeah. studies and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, well, it didn't play well to kids. And then later, the Tom Hanks is just giving... In input the same way a focus group would. Yeah. So, like, what the hell's the because difference? It feels right to Robert Loge's gut. I, I understand that, but I'm just like, I don't. How did a focus group, which is just children giving opinions about toys, it's how is that any different than what Tom Hanks so, does? Honestly, I kind of really enjoyed this part of the movie because one of the things, and I don't want to get like too high up on this ladder of soapbox. So like, feel free to push it out from under me at whatever point you've tired of this point sure. that I'm making. But part of what I find really deeply frustrating about all media in the year that we live in now is there's no more gut feelings. And there's, there's, there's a middle ground to be struck between these two things, but it seems like, in the era of entertainment that I like the best, we had a bunch of whack jobs of various qualifications going with their guts mm-hmm. and choosing to make movies. Now, ultimately this led to like uh, inherently sort of racist thing, like not enough opportunity for people who weren't white and not enough people opportunity for women. Like all that stuff is true. And I totally agree with that. So like, that's the stuff I would like to edge out of it. But I do really feel that better things come from some human being or group of human beings making a decision based on their guts and their emotion, as opposed to like what a focus grouped thing thinks is best. And that's sort of what the message mm-hmm. of this movie is, is like everybody needs to loosen up. Like we're all a little too uptight. That's that. That's not what this yeah. part is necessarily illustrating. That's sort of the message of the whole movie is like, everybody should be a little bit more like a kid. We should all remember to be more childlike in our lives. It would suit us, but Hook. yeah, yeah. I mean, a million movies, but it's like <laughs> you look at a decision of like how theme park decisions are made or how movies get made now or even how music is made. And it's like all of our pop songs are written by the same four people. It's like a group of, of weirdo Swedes. I, I don't mean to be mean, but like just some weird group of Swedish men who write all the pop songs like they write Katy Perry and Lady Gaga and, and Rihanna. And like everybody's music essentially comes from the same four people. And it's like, of course, it all sounds the same. It's four dudes who write all the songs. And it just is like there's no weirdos just like making choices. And I just think you get better art when weirdos are making choices like, a, you know, a, a movie yeah. studio head or your Robert Loja in this just being like, I don't know, this toy looks better to me. I want to I want kids to play with that one. And it's like, well, the focus group said this, like, I don't care. We're picking this one. And it's like he'll be wrong sometimes, but also sometimes he'll be wildly successfully right. And it's like all of all. Yeah. Of, I mean, that's how you get like gremlins. Yes, exactly. Like, yes. 
all of the favorite things of both of ours came from some person just being like, oh yeah, that's the thing that's right. And maybe they weren't, you know, there's plenty of shit that we like that's terrible by objective standards. Oh, of course. Yeah, I just, everything is made by a computer now. Just a computer spits out and it's like, okay, the next Marvel movie should have this many, (laughs) this many action scenes, this many pop songs. This should star these three actors. It's like everything's decided by an algorithm. And I'm just like, ugh. I think that's what I liked about WandaVision so much was that it didn't feel like that. Like it didn't feel like, and this goes to here and this is how everything, it was just like, we're it's, it's like Mandalorian. Fuck the Skywalkers. We're going to talk about other people. Mandalorian season one, a hundred percent Mandalorian season two, 100% was made by a computer. Oh, bummer. I didn't finish season two. It's just like every, every episode of Mandalorian season two is a backdoor pilot for a different show. And then like it ties into the others. And I'm just like, no, this was a weird John Favreau, David. Ice spider knows best. Exactly. So it's just like, you know, part of me, I totally agree with you. Like you, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Like you should listen to focus group, but also I'm like, not even that you should listen to focus groups. I just don't understand the difference between Tom Hanks, who is a 12 year old giving his opinion versus a focus group. Like it's the same thing, right? What I think it is, and this is not expressly conveyed in the movie, but this is just my read of it is that Loja remembers when there were no focus groups and he likes it better when someone has an opinion and he likes it and agrees with it and can just be like, forget your focus groups. We're going with the big piano on the floor. That's fair. That's my read. it's, it's, It's less about Robert Loja and more like, more about the actual information because he's they say like the focus it tested with focus groups and she's like yeah but the kids didn't play yeah. with it so what does it matter yeah. so like how is how is one ma- one 12 year old different than a group of 12 year olds that's, no, I, I, that's you, really where totally my question right. comes it's from. just like the focus groups can be wrong and i think that's what he's annoyed with here is like the data was incorrect and that happens now too right like when you make a movie with an yeah. algorithm sometimes that movie's a bomb you know it's not always a guaranteed hit so um yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know the answer to your question, but that my gut is that it's him, like harkening back to a more freewheeling executive time. I also love John Lovitz is like, hey, that that lady will sleep with you if you so much as look at her. And Tom Hanks is like, well, I won't do that then. <laughs> Which is could have gotten a gay joke there. We, uh, oh, it, it was it was very prime. It was for, on the tip of the tongue of of old Mister. Uh huh. But also, like, hey, movie, you got it right. <laughs> Stop, stop, stop with the romance part. He's 12. Yeah, like they could just be buds. They could just, they could just, ins- mm-hmm. she, he could just inspire her to loosen up and, and they could jump on the trampoline and sleep in separate beds and it could be fine. It's fine. Or she could be interested in him and not know why he isn't like, like I'm f- doing all my normal flirting and it's not yeah. like it can be a one-sided, no kissing, no sex yeah, thing. Exactly. Or that she tries to kiss him and he's like, I'm a 12 year old boy, you know, like that's, yeah, he's like gross. Yeah. Uh, so he gets his first paycheck. It's $187, which I think is like 600 now ish, give or take. Uh, I did. I looked okay. it up and then I, for, I didn't write it down, but they go to the bank to cash it. And they're like, we would like a hundred dollar bill, three dimes and 87 ones. And the woman it's this is one of those great, you know, uh, one line, one line. What we, I thought I came up with a good phrase for this, but like a a one line Oscar where it's like she just mm-hmm. is like sigh one two three, and Hanks and the kid are like nodding along with her counting out the ones. It's such a good little performance. I love it. A day rate dynamo. We also get a weird scene where Josh calls his mom 
And I was like, we don't need yeah. this. Yeah, and it sounds like a creepy hostage situation. And John Lovitz is like listening to this phone call going like, what's he talking about? Right. Uh, they they take their $187 and have a kid party, which is just pizza and silly string and ice cream. Mm-hmm. A, che- a large cheese pizza at the back of a limousine yes, in New York exactly. City. <laughs> just for me. Uh, so he goes to this toy store and he's he's playing in it. He's doing laser. He goes to FAO yes. Schwartz. Like, don't say he goes to this toy well, store. He goes to FAO Schwartz. I assume that's in this version of the podcast. We talked at length about the FAO Schwartz and the Toys R Us in New York. Um, he's playing laser tag, and I, <laughs> I, it's a cute scene. But also, I want the part where the mother of this other boy is comes over to be like, all right, Timmy, time to go home. Who are you playing with? And she sees this full-grown-ass Tom Hanks, and they just run away. Well, someone else says that. Like, when he's, like, running around on the horse, some woman's like, stay away from the strange man, <laughs> yeah, Mandy, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. I just miss the... the F- I remember more of the F.A. Schwartz than King of Prussia Mall. Oh. Because <clears throat> we obviously went there more yeah. often. Because uh, it's <laughs> it wasn't in New York City. But they had the the clear acrylic tube like the zordon tube full of water and barbie shoes oh interesting i don't remember that but that's cool yeah so as you walked in there was this this, like clear tube like light shining at the bottom with filled with water and barbie shoes that like shot up yeah that goes back to my other point i'm just like there was just more dumb bullshit back then and i miss it (laughs) yeah now that it's just those clean lines and you order from screens like that's That's not fun (laughs) that's not satisfying to a child it's not satisfying to an adult either yeah, I they, I would just do it on nothing, my phone. Nothing upsets me more than going into a physical store and they order the product online for me, which is something that has happened to me on more than one occasion. And I'm always like, why did I come here? <laughs> like, what What does your corporate entity think that I want out of this experience? Because it is not you inputting my information into your website, I assure you. It's because they think you'll, you're more likely to buy something if you're there. No, I get that, but it's like, you know, it's like, okay, well, we're going to order that for you and it'll come to your home in three weeks. And I'm like, well, then what? What? All right. Like, I could have just. Because if you show up to the store, you might grab something yeah. else. That's the whole yeah, but point. You can't. You couldn't. And I, I've been in many situations where, like, you cannot grab anything. You have to order it to you. Like, what? What store? I, it was uh, somewhere here in D.C. It might have been an Apple store that I was, like, going in to order a, a, a like, computer thing for work or something. But I was like, oh, I need this adapter. And, like, yeah, we don't have that either, but we'll order it with this. So it's just like, come on. Yeah, because I remember for a while, Hot Topic would do free shipping if you got it, if you went into the store to order it. <laughs> so, so you had to like show stupid. up into their store. Yeah. But I mean, in a hot topic, it makes sense because there's all kinds of little shit you could grab. So if you have yeah. to walk into the store, you're like, eh, might as well grab this fucking, I don't know, baby Yoda ear- earphones. Right. I don't know. Uh, so Loja and he sees Hanks and they start talking about toys and they, they go over to the, the, the big piano and there's a really nice scene where they, you know, they Hank starts playing it and then they play. Har- it's the scene, I yeah, would say. Yeah. He, they play heart and soul on the piano and then they play Loja's like, all right, chopsticks. And they do chopsticks and they they do. They, they leave this mostly in a wide shot. So it's definitely Robert Loja looking really good doing this. And I, oh, it's yeah, them. But I'm like, oh, man, look at Robert Loja go. Like, he's looking great. Like, he's really spry. How old do you do you know how old he is in this movie? I don't. How old? If I, like, in this in, movie? In the actual age of Robert Loge, the person, not the character. Yeah, at the time uh-huh. of filming, uh-huh. right? Um, I'm going to guess he is 65. He's 58. 
It's like, no wonder he's spry. He's not even 60. I thought he was 70. I was like, oh, man, how good he looks. So maybe there is something to be said with uh, modern medicine and and taking care of ourselves a little better. Yeah. I mean, isn't Tom Cruise like 60? He's over 60. Yeah. And and Elvira is almost 70. Well, she I have no offense to her intended. Like she she like many people over. Look at Shatner. He's 90. But they both have work done. Yeah, but I think her work doesn't look no, terrifying. No, she looks great. I, she looks absolutely great. She's awesome. More power to her. And Shatner looks great, too. He's 90. He does not look it. I don't think I've seen Shatner. Oh, you lately. didn't see him go up into space? No. He, he, he rode one of the millionaire or billionaire douches rockets up into space, uh, the Bezos one. Oh, fun. I, honestly, it was really kind of awesome how it reduced him to being like a blubbering idiot. Like he was clearly so overcome by the emotion of what he saw that it really impacted him. It was like quite lovely. I've heard from many people that Shatner's kind of an asshole uh, or is an asshole, not kind of, but it was like so nice to see it be such a profound, as someone who's a space nerd, it was like, Oh man, how cool is it that this was such a profound experience with them uh, for him? But look, yeah, you should look up that clip because he's 90 years old. He does not look it. Do you think people, I mean, prior to this movie, do you think people ever did this? Like the piano, try to play a real song. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, obviously once the movie came out, people, I'm sure people were doing that, but like, yeah, yeah. If you know how to play the piano, why would you not? Well, it's because it's hard to play with. Yeah, but it's fun. I think I think I'm pretty sure now it's behind like ropes. And the reason I'm sure is because as soon as Hanks and Loja get off it and everybody claps, you see a bunch of kids just swarm it and are like, plonk, 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 plonk. Yeah, that would thing would get turned off accident accidentally get turned off a lot. I want to see someone play Toccato and Fugue in D minor on the with their feet. (laughs) (laughs) I. I would pay a lot of money, would, and by that I mean I would pay a dollar twenty nine on iTunes. <laughs> I want to see it though. I don't want to hear. Like I, it's, I'm sure it sounds fine. Yeah, a first for a video yeah, clip. I, I want to see. It would probably take because I think it's like a a four key chord in each hand, so it would take at least f- four people to play it, if not more. Probably. But I yeah. want to see you know, pum pum pum, but but from the feet. No, you know, Stata and Fugue is the is the the spooky house song. Isn't it? I thought it was dun 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 dun. No, that's that is um that's Wagner. That's opera. Okay, maybe you're right. Takata and Fugue is the like. I think you're correct. I learned a few things about music in college. I believe you. I'm just I'm pulling it up. That was more. That was more for me. Oh. Okay. Okay, you're right. Wagner is what I wanted. Got it. I think. I think Toccato and Fugue might be impossible on the foot piano. No, I think you could you could do the you, you, like you I, do you high need knees. A, you need a team of twelve. <laughs> yeah, and do it high knees. Synchronize people. Uh, so he gets instantly promoted. He's vice president of product development, and we have uh, Deborah Jo Rupp from that '70s show playing his secretary, and and WandaVision actually oh, really? speaking of uh, very. <laughs> she's in the first very episode. Beleaguered Deborah Jo Rupp uh, in this in this performance, really good. Uh, just like. It's funny, I didn't notice her until the party. Oh, okay. She's talking to Robert Loja, and I was like, is that is that Kitty slash Mrs. Yeah, Hart? Yeah, yeah. So there's a great scene, like you kind of only see it in the background, but uh, Hanks is in there and his friend comes to visit, and she comes walking in with this tray full of snacks, and it's hard to see exactly what it is, but it looks like about a quart of Oreos, a quart, like they're bowls, like a quart of Oreos, a quart of Cheetos, yeah. a quart of M&Ms or, or Skittles, and a quart of potato chips, and I was like, yeah, that's a kid. That's a kid order. I mean, even me as an adult does that sometimes. I'm just like, I'm just gonna buy 
some Oreos and chips. Oh yeah, and cheese it's. This is like what you put out for a party, but he just has it for his tea time in his office, which is what I thought was so great about it. Yeah. Um, we go to Elizabeth Perkins and John Hurd at home, and Josh is on the milk carton, which is pretty good. Yeah. Again, we don't need to be reminded no. that. There's a very real tragedy yes. hidden in the gooey center <laughs> yeah, of this movie. It was like, just just four degrees to the left of the fun romp we're having is a family that's breaking apart, perhaps permanently. Yeah, a very sour center to this candy. Yeah. Uh, and this is where we get the first of two instances in this movie where they come up with a good product on their own. The they're showing off this empire state building that turns into a robot. And Tom Hanks is like, I mean, why would anyone want to play with this? I don't, I don't get it. Wouldn't it be better if it was like a bug that turned into a robot? And everyone's like, Oh yeah, a bug that turns into a robot. That makes so much sense. And I was like, yeah, that's a good toy. Cause that was a toy. No, eventually it was, but I don't think it was at the time. No, it was a toy before this movie. Oh, really? Yeah. At least according to, um, IMDb, there was a sect of the Transformers that was called like Insecticons oh, or Insectoboids okay, or something. Okay. And also it became Transformers Beast Wars. Well, I remember Beast Wars, but I didn't remember bugs in Beast Wars. I remembered There were a couple, but the problem was they were all the <laughs> they all were the same size. So it was like a T-Rex and a gorilla and a rhino and a spider, yeah. and they were all the same yeah, size. Yeah, yeah. That is a problem. Although I think that's the same deal with the original Transformers line of like Optimus Prime is an 18 wheeler, but I think he's the same size as Bumblebee. What's what was Bumblebee? Isn't he a Volkswagen? Oh. No, he's we did. We did the movie a while ago. The the good Bumblebee with what's her face from True Grit. I'm pretty sure he's a bug, but I think in the other things, he's like a Camaro. Haley Steinfeld. Yeah. She's in True Grit. She's yeah, the little yeah. girl in the remake. The Coen Brothers one. I didn't know that was her. Yeah. Uh, so. Josh gets this absurd apartment with 15 foot ceilings and a jacuzzi. I love the apartment. How did he rent? Well, that? he's a vice president now. So presumably he's making like, fuck you money beyond that. How, but like, do, do you not have to like, <laughs> apparently do a credit check apparently you just or need a lot of money and you just hand it to a realtor and they're like, okay. Like as someone who moved apartments at the end of last year, like there was a lot involved. I had to give bank right, statements right. and like bills and pay stubs. Well, he presumably has a very good pay stub, and at the time, they're like, good enough. I honestly don't know if credit had been invented as, like, the arbiter of all human existence in America yet. God, what a time. <laughs> because I, I don't know if you know this, but, like, I was recently learning, reading about this, where uh, somebody went overseas for a couple of years. They were, like, living in Australia. And credit's just not a right, thing there. But they didn't leave their American bank account open. And so when they came back to America, they had zero credit of any kind. Like their credit score was zero. And so they had to start over as a full grown adult, like get a baby training wheels credit card and like try desperately to get, because they had lived overseas and didn't know about this and they closed their bank accounts. And it's like, you literally have to like leave a bank account open and keep it functional. If you want to keep your credit, otherwise you get toast. God, we need to eat the rich. <laughs> uh, but anyway, he gets this absurd apartment. Except Dolly Parton. <laughs> She can be spared. <laughs> Just one rich person is what I think. You eat one rich guy, and then the rest of them, they're all straightened up. But then you have to pick, like, do you do Musk or Bezos? Because I mean frankly, f- frankly, I think we could do two. I think we could <laughs> okay, squeeze two fine. out. We have Musk and Bezos. Um, there's this montage of, like, the cool toys slash child bachelor life. And as I was watching this, I was like, oh, blank check is just this montage for 90 minutes. <laughs> and also a creepy romance yeah also a creepy romance that's true 
Except it's actually a child in that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're not thinking of milk money, are you? That's the one I think where the child is trying to sleep with the full-grown adult. Does he try to sleep with that woman? No, in the end of Blank Check, he kisses the adult. I thought he tries to get the the woman to date his dad. Am I thinking of a different movie? You're thinking of a different movie. He is fully trying to date her. I I did not. And then in the end, they kiss, and it's gross. Well, yuck. There's this insanely formal work party for no apparent reason. Like, it's not Christmas. It's not... It's not like yeah, a product I, launch. We we needed a like kickoff to the year, like fiscal year or some, some reason I, for I this truly party. I believe it was supposed to be a Christmas <clears throat> party. And at some point somebody was like, all right, look, you already got the mom like weeping openly in two scenes. The dad's Oh my God. I can't you imagine cannot, Christmas. You cannot do Christmas in this movie. I'm sorry. Absolutely not. That's like the one good time a studio note was useful. It's like, please do not make it Christmas time. Yeah, you're right. That makes a lot of sense. The baby corn scene. I, I don't know if that's as iconic I, it's, to it other is people. In our house. <laughs> I, and I, yeah. I, I I do that bit about 50% of the time I eat baby corn, much to my girlfriend's yeah. opposite of amusement. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember last year during uh, quarantine, there was a, a local drag queen doing a virtual brunch. And part of it, the beginning of Virtual Brunch was showing off their drinks and snacks. And one week they were like, and I have baby corn as a snack. And I was like, oh, I forgot about baby corn. So I went to the next time I went to the grocery store that week, I was like, oh, I'm going to grab some baby They're corn. outrageously expensive. I love them for like stir fry and stuff. Like I got them in water yeah, oh, yeah. for doing like stir fries <laughs> for dinner. But I'm just always like, why is this so freaking expensive? It's like. it's a, Is it literally just a baby corn? I'm 90% sure it is. Or because. Because I know baby carrots are big carrots that get baby cut corn and is whittled. definitely not cut down regular corn. It may be a different variety of corn yeah. that only grows so big as opposed to like the nascent version mm-hmm. of something else. But it is definitely corn. I know it's I know that, but I just meant like baby corn. Baby carrot is a trick and a lie. So I didn't know if baby yeah. corn was some kind of baby carrot is actually kind of fascinating because it started with them taking carrots that wouldn't be sold normally and turning them into a sellable product. Oh really? Yeah. I like Have that. Have you ever seen how they're made? It, it's like a really—it's it's the a water, really right? High-powered water jet that can cut through like wood and other materials, but they use it to cut the carrots into bites. The only actual baby carrots that are baby carrots are the ones that come with the top still attached, like at fancy joints. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. But he also has a There's great a like, moment. Western beaded white tux and tails. Yeah, where did he get <laughs> it this? It seems like he walked into the, uh, the, the the tux rental place and they bamboozled him is what happened. I would rather see that of scene. Of course, than yes. Cut, cut scenes of him talking to his sad yeah, mom yeah. and show me him walking into a tuxedo rental place. Because yeah. like. And be like, I got to I gotta show off or. I got to make a good impression. I got to, you know. Yes, that. That's the word. And Thank it's, you. It's like a little old Italian man, Taylor. Be like, oh, I, I, I make you the star of the show. It's Mario. Or he goes in there and there's a little, there's like the owner's kid is like, I like this sparkly one. He's like, all right, I like that one too. <laughs> uh, so he eats caviar with Elizabeth also, Perkins. Also, did you catch that at the beginning of the thing? I don't know where he picks it up or if he brought it with him, but he's eating a banana and he like puts the peel down on a, a just so no. The, the start of the sequence we we're talking about now, just before he starts eating all the snacks where he dips the carrot in the thing like nine times and eats it, he he puts mm-hmm. down a full banana peel and I was like, did he bring a banana from home? Like th- there's no way full unpeeled bananas are on this spread for a tuxedo party. Yeah, I mean, that would be the weirdest tuxedo party yeah. ever. 
but he eats the caviar and you're tw- when you're 12 you know enough to grab a napkin because he he's like blah, 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 and he fully spits he, it out all over yes, the floor and i was like you're not yeah. five you're 12 yeah. yeah he does later grab a napkin so it's like why didn't he should spit it into a napkin i feel yeah i agree um and so now bob's burgers has poisoned my brain in a lot of things and this is one of them because they directly reference this scene in this movie so as soon as they got to the limo I was like oh right the movie big with thomas hanks <laughs> he was paid ten thousand dollars in hush money from big limo <laughs> I also really like at the party, John Hurd as like a totally miserable drunk. It's a pretty good performance. Mm-hmm. He's just miserable all around. He's good at this miserable. Yeah, but th- yeah, in particular, this sort of like slurred speech is like, yeah, stupid assholes, VP of product sales development or whatever that means. Like, it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. They duck out together. He is completely delighted by the limo, which is very funny to me. Uh, of course, when you're a little kid, limos are exciting. And this is the most relatable scene in the movie to me because it's a woman throwing herself at a band and him being completely oblivious to it. Only this doesn't have the part where like sometime later, either the woman herself or friends who witnessed it were like, hey, dummy, that woman was interested in you. And me being like, what? <laughs> nah. No way. I was like, hey, it me. <laughs> I'm in the movie. <laughs> He has an indoor trampoline. They go to his apartment. Mm. This is the part in the movie where I was like, oh, she should be picking up on clues better because he has a he has a sign on the door that says something akin to homework stinks. Yeah, it's like he's got like Josh's Josh's pad or something. Josh's place or Josh's pad. But then also homework stinks and no parents zone or something like that. And I was like, all right, (laughs) we have we have to recognize that there is something happening here, lady. Yeah, cool. She walks in and there's twin. Bu- it's a twin bunk right. bed, right? I mean, I assume. I guess they. I probably they probably don't make queen size well, bunk they, beds. They or king do size. make bunk beds with a larger bed on the bottom and a a twin on top. I've seen that. That's like popular. I've seen that, but I've never seen like two no, kings. I, I don't think they make stacked <laughs> kings, but that's very funny to picture. Honestly. I think we just found a new product. <laughs> the weight, the, the we're gonna go to Shark Tank. The weight distribution, Twin Kings, would be a problem. <laughs> there is no free shipping <laughs> offered. But I'm talking about the weight distribution of balancing the top bunk so that it doesn't turn into one king sandwiching another person to death inside a <laughs> second king. It's more. No, money. I think beds can be stable like that. It's more that like the pillars are going to have to hold up a lot of weight and then there's going to have to be really strong horizontal supports in there. Yeah, but like beds are already supported by by legs. It's big and tall. <laughs> right. But I'm saying the taller you get, the more wibbly wobbly it gets is the problem. Yeah, that's for the <laughs> consumer to figure out. <laughs> We're talking 80s, 80s business exactly, logic. Exactly. That's the consumer's yeah. problem. I also was pretty impressed by how well Elizabeth Perkins is able to jump in either her pantyhose or nylons that she's wearing. It's like, it's, yeah, that's too very They're slippery. Sli- he's doing it in socks, which is also very slippery. I was mm-hmm. always a barefoot jumper, which I know is like uncouth yeah, if you're sure. in public, but on a friend's house. Yeah. Yeah. She must be so confused by him. Yeah. It's, 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 it's almost like she'd have to think he was some sort of developmentally, developmentally disabled. 
or neurodivergent. Yeah, or I mean, something. we didn't have the term for that back then, so I think they, they but, probably no. would have just used a blanketed terrible term. But I'm just saying, it's like yeah, they would not have used anything they, kind. She would have thought he was handicapped mentally in some cap some capacity. I also I also really like the part where he gets on with the trampoline and he's like, come on. And he just absolutely yoinks her onto the trampoline. He grabs her wrist <laughs> she, and she's, she's like, whoa. And suddenly she's on the trampoline. She's so slippery. Yeah, yeah. It's her dress is like a very clearly a slip sliding material. So it's just like, whoop, up she goes. <laughs> um, and then we get a romance montage. And I just like, or not a montage, some scenes of romance. And I'm just like. I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. I do not want to see these two people having a romance. It's it's really, really weird to me. Like, I, obviously, it works because these two actors have actual chemistry. Like, I do think Elizabeth Perkins... And they're both real yeah, adults. I, like, in a different movie, if it was Tom Hanks and Elizabeth Perkins, I'd be like, great casting. Well done. But in this movie... Oh, my I'm God, like, One yeah. of them is secretly 12. She does a lot of really good physical he- acting, too, with this whole situation. Like, all the stuff in the apartment. Like, in addition to that, like, she, oh, her yeah. performance is good in other ways. But the physical the physical movements and stuff is, is really good from her. Um, in this, like, dating sequence, they're at a pier, and he fully misses that Zoltar is there. And I was like, how? Yeah. There's no yeah, way. Yeah, he walks right by it. And I always found this, th- this scene to be a little silly, especially um, watching it now, like, with a more critical eye. The other thing I think is really funny, though, is... Like, why on earth would this woman sleep over in the bunk bed? Presumably her actual home is not that far away. Wouldn't she much rather? It's like, if we're not going to get down to business, I'm like, all right, well, I'll see you tomorrow. I'm going to go sleep in my big boy bed. Thank you. Yeah, I always wondered if it was like supposed to be some kind of like spying thing. It's not, but the movie could have done that. So there's like two little quick scenes here. One is John Hurd really giving her shit while they're in the car together. And she's like changing the radio and acting like you can already see Tom Hanks having an influence on her is what this scene is supposed to get Mm -hmm. across. And Hurd is like having none of it. And then he goes to play. I guess it's called paddle ball. I don't it looks like they're playing racquetball, but outside. It looks like outdoor yeah. racquetball. So I, I'm not the the paddles are different, but I'm I'm not, I know New York has a particular subset of outdoor park games that are sort of unique. Uh, to, to New York, they have handball as well, um, which oh yeah yeah like yeah handball but with paddles. But I love the two of them. Um, like Herd teaches him the game; he's immediately much better at him at it because he's you know much more athletic looking. And then Herd starts cheating, and it turns into two brothers squabbling over the ball. It's just very good stuff. Yeah, well, because he's clearly trying to be like, <clears throat> well, I'm good at this game, so I'm going to play you in this game and beat yeah. you. Like it's, it's super douchebag oh, yeah, move. Yeah. It's just a power thing. It's like uh, you've showed me up at work, so I'm gonna I'm gonna humiliate you. Yeah. So Elizabeth Perkins comes to the rescue. He got punched, which we don't see. I really I was disappointed that John Hurd didn't punch him on screen. Yeah, yeah. I would have I would have liked that, especially like that could have been the cut. Yeah, to it, it, him it should absolutely on the couch. be the punch into the cut. I thought that was strange. And then he tries to slut shame Elizabeth Perkins. Yeah, that sucks. It really sucks. Yeah. Eat shit, and dude. also, not for nothing, but if if that's the case, if she's sleeping right at the top, what do you think she's into you for, you dim shit? Like, well, also, I don't like that her line is "It's not like that anymore." Right. Why did her character ever? Why was her character ever right. like that? It's not like, necessary. She's clearly competent at her right, job. Right. Right. And I. And then, of course, we get the line that's supposed to be like nudging you in the ribs, where it's like, "What's so special about him?" Well, he's a grown up. Ah ha 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 ha. Yeah. Um, there's also like oh, this weird like Italian Benihana situation they go to for the, Josh's birthday. Dough tossing old Italian man is such a treat. It's such a crazy. He starts hucking dough at people. 
It is the weirdest restaurant. He's, he's throwing little dough balls at people who are catching them in their mouth and eat them, which, like, I eat raw pizza dough, but I don't think most people find that very appetizing. It's kind of like when, um, was it, like, Chevy's? Like, yeah. Slightly nicer. The Mexican place, yeah. But, no, yeah, it's slightly nicer, like, Mexican food. It's not, like, it's super upscale. Yeah. You could, like, you could go get, like, a dough they ball would, yeah, for yeah. the torti- from yeah, the tortilla the press. Yeah, tortilla people would huck you, uh, uh, you know, you'd, make, you'd play with it yeah. at the table. And I would make a, little, I would make a turtle yeah. with it and then eat the raw <laughs> turtle. Yeah, I, at first he's throwing dough to other people and they're eating it. And then he's got, like, a is it a tambourine? He's got a target of some sort. It's a tambourine. So everyone's, like, carefully tossing it and he's catching the dough in his mouth. And then the little shit that uh, Josh's friend starts throwing speedballs at this guy. I'm like, come on, kid. This is, like, a fun thing. Yeah. Um, this is when I realized that I think I thought a birthday wish would have been a really cool resolution yes, to this. It would have been a cool twist on it for sure. That like they realized like oh we're like through three weeks into waiting for the thing and they're like oh it's taking forever and they realize it's Josh's birthday and they're like oh you can wish it. Kid logic. This should have been uh the like what now would be the low point of the movie. Like in, in a modern movie, this mm-hmm. would have been the low point. Like they they build it up to the birthday. Big wish, nothing happens. You know, that would be that would be the low sad yes. point of the movie now. Um, he ditches Billy for Elizabeth Perkins, which makes Billy very sad, of course. Yeah, and, of course. Uh, Elizabeth Perkins in this sequence, which is where they do walk by the Zoltar, she kind of looks like Millie Bobby Brown a little bit to me. Like very in the eyes. Huh, I didn't see the, that. Eyes and I didn't see that. I'll have to rewatch. So they go, to, I think it's Coney Island, although they don't refer to it by name. Well, no, it's it's Sea Park. New York. Right, but I think it's actually Coney Island. Oh, like where yeah, it was yeah, filmed, yeah, you yeah, mean? Yeah. I, I think, I'm pretty sure it's the, the big wooden roller coaster in Coney Island, which I can't remember the name of. Oh, maybe. The, it's on, I, it's I was going to try and guess. It's on my freaking bucket list, and I can't remember the name of the thing. Oh, well. Anyway, it's a very old wooden roller coaster in Coney Island. They're on, they're on a couple different roller coasters. but the, And this is the part where you mentioned they just totally walk right by Zoltar, and he doesn't notice it. Yeah, and so they're dancing romantically because there's a big band. Yeah, also, the idea of a big band still being entertainment at the boardwalk in 1988 seems categorically insane to me. I mean, maybe in like a vintage kind of night kind of way. The people dancing to this big band should be Tom Hanks, Elizabeth Perkins, and then all of the people in the picture at the Overlook Hotel. <laughs> like, the, fa- <laughs> the fact that it's like other youngish couples is bananas. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Like, I would go to this because I am an old weirdo and I enjoy nonsense. Like this would be something I would. Find. Yeah, I think this would be yeah, lovely. I to would do. find this very nice to get dressed up and go do. But I am a weirdo. Like I have a movie podcast. <laughs> yeah, but he's like, hey, I have something to tell you, and then he kisses her instead. And I'm like, no, 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 you were so close. And I do really like. He has so much panic in his eyes at this moment. It's such a really real feeling moment. It's one of those little micro things. It's like, oh man, he's so good. Yeah. Also, okay, we got to talk about this. I'm sorry. It's not a topic I want to talk about. We don't have to belabor this point. He would be like kissing a catfish, right? It would be the worst kiss anyone's ever had. He's 12 years old. He has <laughs> absolutely. You, don't, you mean a literal, a literal catfish. catfish? It would be like a, a, a gaping open mouth just slobbering at you. He has no. Look, nobody on earth is a good kisser the first time they do it. That's why you do it no, when you're gotcha. a child with other childs or, or whatever, you know, not an adult. You're un- under 18 or whatever. If you if you got your first kiss when you're 35, mazel, I hope your life is wonderful. I'm not trying to dunk on you. But I'm saying, like, if you like th- if you get this out of the way when you're a kid, it's because you're both very bad at it. 
Yes, she I agree. She's kissed quite a few people at this point in her life. She's a 30-year-old woman. She's clearly very in her prime. And this goofball child would just be just licking at her, basically. Oh, God. Sounds like an SNL it's sketch. It's outrageous to me that they have him be a good kisser here. It's it's like I I could I was like oh okay, this is going to be funny because he's going to be the worst kisser in the world. Nope, it's just them like would have been a, would have been a better ending. You know what's not a good ending? Them having sex. <laughs> it's so upsetting. It's so stupid. It's so weird. She, like, why did you make that choice, Penny Marshall? It's not just that it's like, oh, they go back to the apartment and we cut to the next morning, like a rom-com from, you know, a certain certain brand of rom-com. Oh, no. They have to let you She's know. touching her boob and it's like a <laughs> vibes. It's so weird. Ugh. Ugh. It's so, it's like, there's also this soft, slow piano. It's just like, like warm, tinkling, like trying to be tender and i'm just screaming at the television cut away cut to anything else wildly abruptly cut to the zoltar machine or something (laughs) just smash cut to zoltar speaking of zoltar that is what tom hanks would kiss like what the, a the Zoltar, Zoltar machine? machine gut be like with their mouth (laughs) that is what tom hanks would kiss like and then we cut immediately to upbeat jazz for him just like strutting into work. I just got laid and now he's drinking coffee. Ron Swanson in a yeah, red shirt. Yeah, he's an adult now. And I'm just like, ugh, I hate this so much. Yeah, I, I didn't, I really didn't like this like third act moment where he's like becoming an adult. I'm like, but he's, he's yeah, 12. Yeah, it sucks that he's becoming an adult. He is literally 12 years old, 13, whatever. Yeah, it, Somebody starts talking. They go to this fancy dinner party, and it looks like the worst party in history. Everybody's wearing really nice clothes and looks very bored. And they're talking about a PBS documentary on Columbus. And oh my god! And then this poor kid comes in. And is like, "Hey, Dad, can you help me with my algebra?" And he's like, "Shut up, son! I'm talking about PBS with the grownups." So Tom Hanks is. T- we started dinner. Shouldn't you be asleep? <laughs> yeah, exactly, because it's a movie, and the children disappear at seven fifteen. <laughs> again i have to bid good night to my guests at 7 p.m no like what is the like this is a thing that only exists in movies it has to be it has to be because this is not a baby it's a full-grown kid he's like 10 or 12 yeah he's like 13 he's studying the same things tom right, hanks is right. and so hanks goes in and teaches him algebra via larry bird and basketball stats i mean if we're talking about larry what about his aunt tilda <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say you got aunt tilda uh, yeah, so th- this is like his grown up montage. Meanwhile, the list comes in. So Billy comes and is like, you know, Tom Hanks, like, we got the list. We can get out of here. Um, but he's mm-hmm. in the middle of a project. This is a legitimately good idea, too. It's like a digital choose your own adventure comic book. I think it's this cool idea. It's an app now called Chapters or Stories. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, it, I'm just saying it's an actual good idea in the movie. Well, and later they say it's only going to cost $20 for the machine. And I was like, how? Yeah, I, I did. I did. Um, 19, I think it's either 1895 or 1995 that they say is the price point. And I looked and it's like about 50 bucks now, which honestly feels like about the right cost for something like this for a kid. But I thought like, to me, this this machine is probably similar-ish in scope to a Game Boy. And weren't those like 50 bucks? I think a Game Boy was more expensive than that. But I don't think it's quite as elaborate as a Game Boy because it's just displaying images. I guess, but the the whole idea of like the cartridge element to it just seems like no, you're right. It it definitely is more light, but I think it's more akin to uh, essentially the text based adventure that Tom Hanks was playing earlier. Like I don't I don't know what those computer games would have cost, but I think it's basically one of those. Like it's text and and a couple of static images, 
I just don't think it's that much gotcha. data stored on the disk. That's fair. Because I guess we did have that, like, f- maybe Fisher Price or something learning yes, fake exactly. computer it had, like, that you could mm-hmm, plug the cartridges mm-hmm. into. It, you could run, like, a math tutorial or, like, a spelling tutorial off it. Yeah. I'm gonna have to Google that. I wanna, I wanna look that yeah, up. Yeah, so I, I think, it, I think it's more realistic than, than you're giving it credit for. But I agree, it's like a, you know, it's pretty far fetched product for the time. Yeah. Well, also at the price point, I was like, I feel like this should probably be like, a yeah, more expensive I, I, like, than I, do, bucks. I do see a world in which it's, it's a pretty basic and cheap thing because it's not doing all that much. Like it's more akin to like a Tiger handheld than a Game Boy. Yes. Or the, um, the Pixter that was like after my time. I don't think I know that. If you're. It was basically like a, it looked like a PDA. Oh, it was, it was called okay. the Pixter and you could plug cartridges into it and play games I, and stuff and I draw on it. I honestly think it's almost like a viewfinder, but with our viewmaster, but with like a button to go to, to jump to slide six as opposed to slide three. You know okay. I mean? Yeah. That's what I was thinking of it as in that, that vein. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so they're working on this. Uh, Perkins wants to define the relationship, and he's extremely confused by this. He's like, I thought we just had sex forever. What? Yeah, because, again, he's 12. Um, so the, the best friend, Billy, Billy is it yeah. Billy? Shows up with the where the Zoltar machine is, because he, he talked to Josh's mom, and his mom is really sad, because this movie needs to remind us that there's, a, a, there's an HBO drama happening behind Mercedes the scenes. Mercedes Rules reading of... He had a birthday out the window is soul crushing They're mm-hmm. they, they, they're talking back and forth and she like, she's playing with the walkie talkie and Billy gets all excited because he thinks it's Josh and it's just the mom. She opens the window and they're talking a little and it's just, she's so quiet. It's so, so soft and so small. He had a birthday. It's just like, Oh man, this woman is never going to recover from this. No. Yeah, there is there is an HBO drama series yeah. starring Tony Collette happening behind yeah. the scenes of yeah. Big. Yeah, it's crazy that, like I said, my ending that just undoes all of that is such a better movie. Like it's so much better. Yeah. Um. So he shows up. The kid says fuck. Yeah. It's one of the, yeah. Apparently, one of like three ninety eight or three eighty eight movies that have their uh, PG and have the word yeah. fuck in them because it's not a mother effer and it's not a fuck you. It's like a, it's an ad, adjective. Yeah, or, it's, it's yeah. fucking. It's nice fucking model in Beetlejuice. Who do you, who the fuck do you think you are in this movie? Yeah, yeah. Or something like that. You're fucking 12. Yeah. Uh, so he, there's a nice part where he, she falls asleep, Elizabeth Perkins, and Tom Hanks sneaks the ice cave game in to play. And then it mm-hmm. leads to this. Well, that's what inspires right, him. But it leads to this weird, sad montage of him watching children and like the part at which he's watching his class photo being taken wearing a, a trench coat oh, I, and it's creepy i hate it i'm like the teacher would be like excuse me sir what are you doing is this are you one of these child's parents because if not leave now before we call the cops yeah it's i hate it it's so creepy because it's it's weird that he's because right before this he's like I have a very important business meeting and the the kids like you're 12. I found the Zoltar machine. And I'm like, what? Ha- like, why does he- Josh just like not want to be a kid? Right. Like what right. happened? Yeah. It's like he had sex. And so now he's like, well, this is better than baseball, which like fair. I get the, I get the instinct. valid. Um, but the, the, the part that like, I feel of two minds here because I do think it really sucks that adults cannot interact in, with children in public in any way. And like, don't get me wrong. Like it's good for people to be safe. But I, I, I think of, I was, when I lived out in Frederick, I was one day walking in the park and there was a family doing like a, 
not like a photo shoot, photo shoot formally, but like the family had a nice camera and the kids were wearing their Halloween costumes and taking pictures. And the kid was dressed like Indiana mm-hmm. Jones. He had a little whip and he was like, you know, zipping around. And I'm like 20 feet from this child, 25 feet from this child. I'm on a walking path. I never break stride, but I, like I look over and I see the kid and I smile. I'm like, oh my God, that's like me when I was a kid. That's so nice. And the kid looks at me and I pretend to tip my hat and I was like, Dr. Jones. And I like just, I never broke stride. I never walked over. I did not talk to this like that. It was Dr. Jones with a fake hat tip. And the kid Mm -hmm. ran and cowered behind his parents. And it's like, there needs to be a middle ground between like stranger danger and like passing interactions. A smile (laughs) and a nod. What I did, I think is socially fine. Tom Hanks standing and leering at this children's class photo. I do think is worthy of concern. Mm-hmm. It's like they would make us go do first day of school coverage every year when I worked at the newspaper. And I was like, I wore like nine press badges because I was just like, I, and I would also, I would call the school and be like, hello, I'm going to do this. Will this be a problem? Because I will pick a different school. And like, I would also sometimes like walk into the office and be like, hello, if anybody says anything, I am from the newspaper. I, you can call my boss. This is his phone number. Cause I was just like, I am not having this problem. But it sucks that I had to do That's that. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, it sucks. Like, I totally understand why people have their concerns and, and the world we live in is scary. People are afraid. But it's like there's a middle ground somewhere in there that I think we should find. But it's not let Tom Hanks leer at this class photo. Yeah, no, I agree with that. It's like when I, I ran into that child at gawking over all the um, the the NECA yeah, figures yeah, at yeah. Target. And I was like, this is a small trip. I'm looking I'm looking at a yeah. small trip. I have to yeah, do exactly. something. Yeah. It's like you can say a nice thing and passing to a kid and not be a creep. That's fine. Like that's an okay thing for mm-hmm. a society to have. I like I'm gonna wave at a baby. I like to yeah, wave at exactly. a baby. Yeah, people are like, Oh God, how how dare you? Look at my child. So he comes clean to Perkins, uh, and she does not believe. And of course she yeah, doesn't believe. Like, him. It's an insane thing, objectively. Well, also, I like that there's only 20 minutes left in this movie, and he's like, I have to tell you the truth. I'm like, I feel like that ship yeah, sailed. Yeah, at the point where you had sex with this woman, it's over, bud. Mm-hmm. She, also, in this scene, she's wearing the ugliest blouse. It's like, it's designed to look like she's wearing a tie, but the tie is like 19 feet long. Like, it dangles to almost her knees. It's such a bad look. She's got some weird fashion she choices definitely in the movie. Does. I'll say she that. She definitely does. This is the worst, in my opinion. Well, earlier I wrote the note, what is Elizabeth Perkins wearing with no context? So <laughs> apparently there was another outfit that I thought Her was worse. The dress outfit is pretty bonkers. What, the black dress with the ruffles it's, it's and like the tights? It's very poofy. It's very yeah, 80s, yeah, yeah. though. So they are doing their presentation, and Josh like realizes, like, I have to go home and fix this. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah so, they, he just like flees this business meeting, which is kind of bonkers. Yeah. I mean, if you're an 80s businessman... Right. Also, there's a kind of a funny moment here where Tom Hanks in the presentation earlier for the buildings that turned into robots kept putting his hand up and be like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And so John Hurt is like, I don't get it. And it's like everyone kind of looks at him and it's like, it's a digital comic book. What's not to get, you dingus? Like this is this like this is yeah, very clearly this is obvious. A very cool. obvious product. What are you talking about? But I feel like that's very rare in a movie that there's a legitimately good and interesting product. Yeah, I think so. I also feel like there's not enough cocaine in these no, boardrooms. Not nearly enough. There's a lot of Pepsi product placement. Like that's what that's what K- Kitty from that '70s show should have brought in on a tray. A big old bowl of Coke. I'm not, I was thinking more like a pile on a tr- oh, on a okay. plate, like in a peak, like okay. a mountain. Uh, Tony Montana. Yes, exactly. Uh, so she chases Josh. Speaking. Oh. I'm sorry. Real quick. <laughs> sorry. I 
unrelated to anything, but you said you said Tony Montana. Did, did you know that apparently Drew Barrymore took a photo of Michelle Pfeiffer to the who, to the wig stylist for Scream and said, "I want oh, this that's hair." Awesome. And that's what it's exactly. The hair. I, as soon as she said that, I was like, "Yeah, no, that's a hundred percent the hair." Whatever the opposite of stay tuned is, you can mark that down for Scarface because that movie is three hours long and I just have zero interest. No, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Um, that now, We have now doomed ourselves to just all of our listener request month requests are going to be Scarface. Well, then it looks like something's going to happen and uh, it's going to get hacked. We're going we're gonna to get... freeze the ballots like the NBA. <laughs> sure. We'll just feel for the cold ones. Oh, is that a thing? There's a, there's a rumor that uh, I think it was Patrick Ewing. Somebody there's a big there's a very famous NBA rumor. I'm getting the person wrong, so forgive me. Maybe it was Jordan. I don't remember. But there's a very famous NBA rumor that they froze the ballot so that or froze the thing so that when the person reached in, they it was like sunk to the bottom or some sort of something. There was like chicanery. Hmm. Interesting. Um. Anyway, Josh runs away. Perkins chases after him. He goes to Zoltar. She fully doesn't see him get in the cab and drive away. No. Like, she's not out. He's driven away well, in the Billy cab. And she goes out. But she comes out and she's like, you know, Josh, show me where he went. And I or like, she's like, where did he drive off to? And I was like, you didn't see him. Why do you think he knows Josh? He's yelling. Yeah, Josh, go. Oh, he's, he he's is yelling that right. she hears him. And it's like, what? A clue. So they, 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 he goes and does the Zoltar wish. She talks to him. They have this really like in another movie would be very sweet of like, there's a million reasons for me to go and only one reason to stay. And that's you. And it's like very nice, except for the fact that again, this is a 12 year old boy. He's 12. Well, He's 13 12. now, excuse me. 13. Sorry. So, uh, he's like, why don't you come with me? And her response is, is not exactly this, but essentially <laughs> no thanks, bud. <laughs> Which is amazing. Yeah, absolutely like, not. First of all, wh- do I just live alone as a 12-year-old girl? Like, how do you explain that? Like, my parents aren't going to re-raise <laughs> me. Like, that doesn't make sense. There's a lot of logistical... You're going to live with yeah, me now. and also, like, I don't want to re... Like, I- it would take all of the money in the world for me to have to restart at 12 as a 35-year-old person. Like, no, yeah, thank you. No, thank you. I do not have any interest in that. Now... Now, no, a day you. trip where I can, like, look in on a thing and then fondly remember? Sure. Okay. Interesting. L- well, I wouldn't even mind jumping back into a 12, into 12-year-old body for a day. No, Just for, no like, way. to be, like, experience no that way. again for the day. <laughs> no way. Not for all the money on. For one I, day? No, I would have zero interest. I would have zero interest. It sucks so bad. No, I'm down for a day. Your body's a nightmare. Everyone's mean. No, thank you. No, when you're 12, your body's not a nightmare yet because you don't, because you can do, like, tumbles and somersaults and not have to worry I mean, about anything. your body's anything. a nightmare of hormones. <laughs> At 12, I think, is less hormone. No, that's, like, peak puberty. 13 is peak puberty maybe for you but i was experiencing the nightmarish like oh my my pits stink now oh all of all of me is hair what (laughs) so she does this like kind of funny like look me up in 10 years which i'm genuinely surprised isn't a movie yeah oh i I imagine that they were like no i'm penny marshall was like we're good we did it to tom hanks is 23 and elizabeth perkins is 40 whatever (laughs) 30 it would just get doesn't it one is it one of Tom Hanks' kids? Does it one of Tom Hanks' kids look like uh, him? Yeah, Colin looks a lot like him. They could just do it now, and Colin would play well, Colin, Josh, and Elizabeth Colin Perkins is, would come Colin back. Colin is like 
in his forties, I think. Like he's he's a pretty old kid. Yeah. Oh, is he that old? Tom now? Hanks just turned sixty-five. That's part of the reason we're doing Tom Hanks uh, month of Palooza here. It's a big B day for mm. old Mr. Hanks. I remember when he when it was announced that he had COVID. Yeah. It was it's like there, that's when it yeah, got exactly. real for everybody. It was like the NBA got canceled. Like, oh man, this might be real. Then Tom Hanks says, and everyone's like, "Stop! Stop what you're doing!" <laughs> they, ever, they hit the E stop exactly. on the world. They were like, "Tom Hanks Tom has COVID." Um, <laughs> I also love so they're like sitting in the car having this long goodbye, which this scene goes on way too long, and. She's too like, long. you won't remember me. And I'm like, lady, he had sex with you. He's going to remember that for a very, very, very Forever. long time. Also, do you think he's going to forget the time when he was 12 and for a two-month period became a 30-year-old, very successful toy executive? Like, what are you talking about? What do you think is going to happen at work? Like, she's going to go back to work and be like, well, Josh is gone. The only thing that makes sense is she's like, I don't know what happened to him. He just ran away. Like, she has to play completely dumb here. Like, she has to even... It, Otherwise, they're going to think she right. murdered she him. She even has to go to the length of, like, we were starting to have a relationship. We had slept together. I don't know what's happening. Let's file a police yes, report. Exactly. She has to go into full defense mode. Because you're right. People are going to be like, oh, she's she's shoved him in the sewer. Except, I just realized, he used his real name. Right. So they're going to also realize that the missing kid was also named Josh yes, Baskin. Exactly. Somebody was going to put that together. It's Like, the police are going to put that together and be like, now wait a minute here. And then it's going to be like, oh, was he this, like, complete psycho, like, drifter lunatic? Which is probably what they would come up with. Yeah. Thank God she kisses him on the forehead. Yes. He clearly goes in for a, a yeah. kiss kiss. And she's like, eh, and grabs his head. And is like, we're going to do a forehead oh, kiss, buddy. You. But this part is what's weird to me is, like I said before, he starts walking to his house. And suddenly he's a little kid in adult clothes. And I'm like... The magic only worked when he Is went it? to bed. Like it did not. Zoltar did not work in twenty minutes. Even if it's not, he went to bed. It was several hours later that it kicked in. Like this might have been an hour and a half trip. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So they have this like shared smile, which is supposed to be really sweet, and it's just kind of like, and it's yeah, creepy, it's weird to me. He does like a little kid wave, but it's just like everyone involved with this is gonna need. Not just therapy, but a long-term team of therapists. And probably medication. Of course. His mother will never be the same. You, you want to talk about a rough childhood? Let's talk about Josh from ages 12 to 18 when he's not allowed to leave the house anymore. It's it's sort of like a, uh, if we want to see the other side of this, just watch the first season of Stranger Things. Because Winona Ryder is yes, the mom in exactly. this movie. It's like... He he's never he's not he's never driving. There's zero percent chance she lets him get his driver's license. No, it's like never. oh the kidnappers will come back. It's like mom, there weren't kidnappers. I turned into an adult, and she's like, yeah, okay, bud. That's her locking him into his bedroom, and then the metal shutter rolling down over the bedroom window outside. I was gonna say the the shutters there. So he's never gonna get to leave. The little sister, her life is also ruined because oh by the way, your brother got kidnapped when he was twelve. So now I'm terrified of this happening ever again and i'm gonna turn into a psycho it's like no one ever gets mm-hmm. over this in this this whole family the dad left no dad God, no. left he's not going anywhere dad yeah dad mom he and dad divorced clearly and never came back it's crazy to me that they don't like none of this he's still sleeping yeah, in his of office course. yeah they, it's just bonkers the 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 way this movie is, the way they choose to end this movie is in the worst possible way for everyone involved. As opposed to, again, like, not to pat myself on the back too hard, I didn't think it was that revolutionary of an idea. It was just like, just reset it. Just reset it back to it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Reset the timeline. Crazy. 
That said, I still recommend this movie. Like, even without the meta fridge horrorness of it, where it's like, oh, you realize later that movie's actually scary. It's a great performance from Tom Hanks. The performances are solid all around. Probably should have gotten the Oscar. Yeah, I agree. For it. I agree. I don't know what else came yeah, out that year. I find it. I find him incredibly charming. I find the movie incredibly charming as well. So I, it's like, I, I, I'm totally fine recommending this movie. I, I like if you haven't seen it. I'm sorry that we just spoiled the whole thing because it's kind of a fun journey to go on yourself. But I, I think you could enjoy yeah. it both as like on its face. It's this like very charming, you know, movie. You know, Tom Hanks turns big. He learns some lessons. Yada yada yada. I think that's like super fun you can totally enjoy it on that level and then you can also enjoy it as the idea of like oh this is truly insane like what what is happening in this movie Mm -hmm. is unbelievably insane when you look 30 seconds more you're like oh wait a minute yeah exactly like as soon as you think about this movie you go okay hold on there's there's some problems here but again like nobody thought about it back then Mm -mm. Uh, he lost to dustin hoffman in rain man which yeah, like yeah, I, 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 I it's like it's a decent, uh, it's a decent performance. I you know, certainly don't. The, uh, also nominated that year, Max von Sydow for what? Ellie the Conqueror, which I have never heard of. <laughs> no, I have An not epic either. Nineteen eighty-seven film telling the story of two Swedish immigrants to Denmark who build a new life for themselves. It's probably very sad. Yeah, I'm. God, the Oscars are sad. <laughs> not not a movie for this podcast. I wouldn't think. Somebody throw a pie. <laughs> Somebody get big and have sex with a woman. Wait, no, too much. Um, that has been that has been big. The uh, 1988 Tom Hanks classic, kicking off our month of Tom Hanks movies. As we said at the top of the show, we continue next episode with 1990s Joe versus the volcano, which is now in our bailiwick. Uh, great movie. Your first time, right? Yeah, so I haven't watched excited it. Excited to see your reaction to this movie because I deeply love it. Uh, I came to it just recently, a couple of years ago, and it's just like an instant love affair for me in this movie. Uh, mega, super weird. Highly recommend watching this one before the episode if you uh, have the means to track it down. Uh, it's probably streaming somewhere, but it's it's worth it. It's a very fun, weird movie. If you like the kind of stuff we tend to like, you'll probably really enjoy this movie. It's it's a it's a good oddball oddball thing. Uh, culturally insensitive, okay. of course, because it's from 1990, but it's, I find it incredibly enjoyable. Just rewatched it recently, and that's why I was like, oh, man, we got to do this in the podcast. Uh, <laughs> thank you again so much for listening to the show, not just this episode, but any of the episodes over the years. Uh, we've been doing this for going on eight years now, and it's pretty awesome. Um, didn't acknowledge starting season eight back in August because we had this coming up, and I just wanted to take the time to do it then. But so many lovely memories, so many lovely, uh, you know, all the lovely words people have shared with us over the year was whether tweets or reviews or any of that stuff. It's just so appreciated. And we thank all of you for listening to the show. It's really special to have people listening to the show in other countries and other continents and all over the world. It's, it's really kind of bonkers for us and we really appreciate it. So thank you all very much for that. Yes. Thank you. On that note, if you've not reviewed the show, what are you doing? Get out there and review the show. Uh, it takes two seconds if you do it on itunes we read those on the air if you do it elsewhere you got to send us a screenshot it's dissecting the 80s at gmail.com and uh we'll we'll read those on the air if you send them to us i just don't get them emailed to me on other platforms so uh we need them we need them sent to us so if you do it take the time and send the screenshot uh, you can get in touch with us at Dissect the 80s on Twitter and on Dissecting the 80s on Facebook. Also, if you don't subscribe to the show, you should do that wherever you get it. Um, that makes a big difference and uh, is a big thing for you know getting the podcast out there. So if you 
just listen to us sometimes, but you like the show, you should hit that subscribe button. Apparently, you're supposed to tell people to do that. We just learned that two episodes yeah. ago. So we're very, <laughs> Eight we're years very in. professional. Um, so, yes, we will be back uh, in two weeks to talk about Joe versus the Volcano, which I cannot wait for. And uh, until then, I have been Trip Lano. I will always be Andrew Lano. Until next time. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. Ow.